right. Well, while you're doing that, I'm going to unplug for just a second and hit my extra lights that I forgot to turn on. So we're live now and hopefully some, you know, people show up and hopefully everybody gets their notifications. So hold on a second. I'll be right back. Oh, so we, we start a show and you're just like bailing in the middle of the show and leaving me hanging. <laughs> what, what kind of show is this? When one of the co-hosts just up and walks out of the show. Well, at least somebody thinks it's entertaining. They're still here and coming in. <laughs> yeah, it's always a miracle every week to make sure that Facebook's playing nicely. And, you know, aside from the, um, us getting cut off a couple of times from Facebook. There's also the technical issue of the way Facebook's changing the way that you interact with the pages that, uh, you know, you manage as an individual and it, boy, it, I, I don't know. They're just rolling out some new stuff and changes and well, it's changing everything. And so it gets aggravating. Anyway, what's on tap for tonight? Well, probably more censors, censoring censors. I don't know. Um, Hey, no, we got a lot of stuff. Uh, we've got a candidate for secretary of state. Who's going to a guest who's going to be on the show. Um, as you know, we've had Kyle Ardwan on the show in a couple of times before, and we've had some pretty entertaining, uh, dialogue with him regarding election integrity. Right. And, uh, you know, I think our guest tonight has a, kind of a different take and position on things. And we're going to cover that in depth. That'll be pretty good. And uh, are we going to go over this water workshop this show? Or what are we well, doing there? I, it, it was a long workshop. It's like 90 minutes long, plus the city council meeting. So I think we'll start on the workshop and maybe cover some of that. You know, the first 15 or 20 minutes of it was kind of revealing as well. And then we'll continue that maybe for next week uh, and give us, you know, something to talk about as well. Next week, we'll finish the workshop stuff and then we'll go over the, you know, what happened today in the city council. Honestly, it, uh, Mr. Crockett had some good stuff to say. And then there was a counter by what's his name, Eric England. That was kind of interesting. Um, so we might talk about that. And well, I guess there was some drama with the Republicans. Oh, the Republican Parish Executive Committee meeting, you know, it's the gift that just keeps on giving every meeting. And uh, it was it didn't let down last night. And uh, we definitely will cover that. And hey, I got to tell you, the Peck and First Church. Hey, there's some updates on First Church. Really? First Church. Say that again. So we'll pile in viewers. Uh, you know, there is an update on First Church. And I you know, we're going to have to discuss that at the end of the show. We, I mean, we don't put yeah. that right at the beginning. Yeah, this is something that I hadn't even, even heard, so that'll be interesting. Okay, well, here's the deal. We're at about three minutes, folks. Uh, Val Baker, glad to see you. Val says uh, he's here. Uh, folks, y'all know the drill. Uh, we're going to run our countdown and all that. Take about two and a half to three minutes, our little intro ads and all that sort of thing. That gives you a chance to do a couple of things. Grab a stiff drink. Pop some popcorn if you want to, and also share and tag everybody else and let them know, hey, those guys are live and, well, they're rambling for a couple hours again. And uh, then we'll come back into the show. What you say, Mr. Lowry? Shall Let's do it go? to it. All right. Here we go, folks. We will be right back. Just, you know, they feel helpless. They don't feel heard. They have nowhere to turn. In all honesty, you know, 
we try to lay low a little bit um, because of the fear that we would not be able to camp there. And I titled it A Shot Across the Bow of the Good Old Boys. Hello, everybody. I've, uh, I don't think I've ever done a video before on here, but uh, yeah, I wanted to tell y'all what frustrates me a little bit about permits. Cockroach of the Week is, drumroll please, Allie Feaster Smith. We can't be apathetic about what's going on in our state. We have to all pull up our bootstraps and get on, on top of this. So you're right. There's a problem out there. I mean, and, and man, you can see it everywhere. Well, look, we, we have allowed government to become our wherewithal to everything. Well, I, I've not heard my name in stable or Baton Rouge in stable in the same sentence in a long time. <laughs> you, you're about to be killed by his Zamboni. Well, you're going to die in five minutes. This Bossier Watch live broadcast is brought to you by David B. Womack for all your contracting and construction needs. The Outdoor News, fishing and outdoors for our area. Acadiana Mortgage, over 23 years in the mortgage business. Pelican Training and Consulting is an IWTP customized training provider with over 25 years of success to show for it. Call them for a free consultation today. Pelican Training and Consulting matches employers with 50-plus employees with training dollars. Smarter Geek, making technology easier. And the many supporters, donations, and folks sharing information and watching out for Bozier. Now, grab your popcorn and a drink. Here we go. Well, we have made it through another successful countdown and our little, you know, ad deal um, that always... Helps us out at show number 145. That is a lot of hours of content. I can't believe that I have talked to you that much. I know. It's like we talk to each other once a week for hours at a time. I mean, good grief. I mean, uh, okay, wait a minute. I'm, see, I'm, I'm not focused. I'm still, I'm still over here sharing. You're discombobulated. <laughs> I'm discombobulated. Um, yeah. Well, uh, okay. So while you're discombobulated, I want to remind everybody that we're also podcasting and we're doing it in the traditional sense of a podcast, which is audio only. Uh, 
um, technically speaking. And so we're all, I want to let everybody know uh, we're on Spotify, Anchor.fm, we're on Apple Podcasts, we're on Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, Stitcher, and now Pandora as well. So if you aren't listening live, don't have time to, or have something going on on Tuesday nights, and you want to listen to us by time shifting and listen to us later, and uh, you can find us in your favorite podcasting app. So you're saying I'm going to have to listen to myself in Pandora? Yeah. Well, I'm spreading us thin. We're all over the place. Oh, good grief. I mean, well, I, I like I like to listen to the Eagles and every now and then throw in a little Enya. And then when, yeah. I'm, when I'm really feeling good, I might jump over to Metallica and then I have to unwind down with Def Leppard and then throw Bozier Watch in the middle of that. Come on. Yeah, I know. It's kind of like mixing peas and carrots. Well, I don't know. Peas and carrots go together pretty good. Uh, I don't know. Mixing salad and, I don't know, cooked spinach well, or something. But anyway. We, we are doing that. And, you know, I had talked about it for months and months, and we, I started slowly rolling it out. Heck, I've been talking about it for probably a year and started slowly rolling it out. So we well, are good. where everybody wants to find us. Well, good job, by the way. I mean, I, I don't compliment you enough on how hard you work on everything, and you do do an amazing job with uh, pushing content out there. And, and you know, we have – tried to do that and, and wanted to try to push it out there. And it came to a point to where we had to start pushing it out there because we started finding our show getting cut. You know, some people, so, if you want to say it, you can say censored. It's okay. 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 You can say We're it. finding our show getting censored and, and that's the bottom line. So we had to start, you know, telling our audience, you know, you want to go, to find the whole show and and not see it get cut you're going to have to start watching it on other platforms because the bottom line if facebook is your primary i mean you run the risk of they're going to cut it i mean if we right. say one word they're going to cut it and probably we've already like i can tell you right now rex i mean the the viewership on the show right now is lower than what it normally is and right. i don't know if that's because of a name of a guest that we've already put on the show and to our viewers this is not the name of the guest that i was talking about in a previous show that guaranteed us that we would get censored it's not but i'm not convinced that this name isn't maybe getting us hit and you're going to know why when you hear this guest talk a little later well that's true and unfortunately we can't really control that so whether you're watching us on facebook live we're also streaming live on youtube and streaming on twitter now on twitter just so everybody knows um twitter doesn't do an event post so you don't see it scheduled you can't do that yet but we are pushing live right now to twitter so if we get knocked off of one platform uh, like we did uh you know, about a month ago, if we get kicked off of Facebook, we're going to just, our, our policy is now we're going to keep streaming to YouTube and Twitter. And then later on, we'll upload the show to Facebook. So if it happens, you know, if we get kicked off Facebook or any of the other platforms, just switch platforms and watch us. The nice thing about YouTube is you don't have to be signed in your account to watch on YouTube, but you do, do need to be signed into your Gmail or Google account if you want to comment on YouTube. So just be aware of that. But anyway, so enough yeah, of the technical so, stuff. Yeah. Enough of that. And real quick, we're, we'll jump into the first topic and just want to shout out to AJ Mandy Foy. Hello, uh, Mike and Judy Dillingham. 
<laughs> it's weird even saying that. Judy Stewart and Mr. Cheatham, Eddie Shea. Hello, all of y'all. Glad y'all are here. Um, Butch the Hatchet Man Ford. <laughs> it's always something about Butch, isn't it? Always. It, isn't that our nickname for Butch. Butch the Hatchet Man Ford? I mean, uh, did you see Jeff Sadow had another amazing article and he got to the bottom kind of of what took place with your parish administrator? Did well, you see it? I did see the article. Uh, I kind of briefly skimmed over it. So maybe why don't you uh, summarize it for everybody and let everybody know. And we've got an email uh, some information from Jeff to show here and just as a matter of fact, I'm going to go ahead and pull it up on pull that up on the screen. So yeah, we'll do that. Well, that. This, this was a note that Jeff sent to me because I followed up with Jeff and and he I don't know that he uh, anyway I followed up with Jeff and he kind of broke things down for me a little bit and and what he because he was really rooting this thing out and I told him I said I can't completely wrap my head around what took place but. To overly simplify this, basically, Butch Ford just uh, is said to own property in Bossier, and he changed his homestead exemption and, in some senses, took a loss to take it in Bossier so that he could register to vote. Now, the million-dollar question is, oh, am I jumping ahead? Well, no, I was, like gonna, well I was just going to say that... Um... You know, it was pointed out, brought, you know, to everybody's attention by us and by Jeff Sadow, of course. Um, I keep saying um tonight. That Butch Ford was appointed by the Bossier Parish Police Jury, but, and the law requires that, you know, he live in Caddo Parish or be a registered voter. Let me, let me restate that, be a registered voter. But his problem was he was actually registered in Caddo Parish. And so now... Correct me if I'm wrong, Duke, but it seems like he's either purchased or acquired or whatever this property in Bossier Parish just to kind of go back and retroactively correct the law breaking. Is that fair enough? Well, well, yeah. And in fact, Doug Rimmer even had acknowledged the fact that the police jury didn't do their due diligence to even check the qualifications of Mr. Ford. Now, granted, Butch has been... Uh, you know, a longtime engineer of the parish, and right. but it just kind of goes to the uh, the the idea of the status quo and the good old boy system of you know no checks. They didn't even advertise the job. They didn't yeah. even advertise it to the public. It was it was it was an anointing, and you know maybe there probably was somebody else more qualified or somebody who would have wanted the job, but. It, the job was not open to the public. It wasn't open to anyone other than one individual. And they didn't do their job and check the credentials and ensure that the person was even qualified and they got called in this deal. So, and, and remember we had a previous show and it was called Lawless. Well, here you go. This was it. But what did they do to rectify this? We, you know, Butch Ford, claimed homestead exemption on a property in Bossier Parish. Now, the million-dollar question is, is he actually living there? Is he actually living there? Because, I mean, you're, you're only eligible for homestead exemption at your primary residence. And if you go to Rex, uh, let's see here. Yeah, which cut would it be, the homestead exemption one or the penalties? 
the homestead exemption one. All right, let's see if I can drag that over here and let me get this one out of the way. Okay, there we go. I'll try to make that a little bigger for everybody to see. And for those of you that are listening to the podcast version, this is a screenshot that talks about homestead exemptions. Yeah, and this actually, uh, you know, came from the uh, state website. And here it clearly articulates, it says, the exemption may be claimed for a parcel of land of up to 160 acres upon which is located on an owner occupied residence and that's the key word and that's the million dollar question is in fact you know his residence where he's claiming in Bozier parish that's the million dollar question is he living there or i mean because he can choose to take a loss on the the more or, or higher tax assessed valued property in Caddo Parish, which was his residence and where he was registered to vote. He can do that, but he has to actually move and he has to, has to actually live at this lesser valued property as Jeff Sadow, you know, points out in his article. Well, so, this sounds kind of a little bit of a deja vu and we may or may not want to go down this rabbit hole right now or, or in this episode or show, but that sounds kind of familiar. I think Jason Brown went through something similar. Is that not correct? Well, you're absolutely correct, because as it would turn out, there was a case that went through Benton, and I think Charles Smith was the judge, and it was determined that the homestead exemption didn't determine where his residency was, but water usage Water bills. In fact, they had a lady from the city of Bossier come and testify to the quantity of water that was used at the residence and whether or not he he was actually truly a resident there. And the judge ruled on water versus where his homestead exemption was filed. Now, interestingly, I'm wondering if someone made the, the same challenge to Mr. Ford's residency. I wonder how that would turn out. On water well, usage. Look, in his defense, and, and we don't know, maybe maybe he's at this property in Bozier Parish and maybe he's using some water. Maybe he flushed the toilet a couple of times. Yeah, but I'm just saying, uh I the the police jury, I mean, they they're above reproach, right? They don't do anything nefarious. There's no shenanigans there or whatever, but Oh no, look, never. It, I'm thinking I'm I'm kind of excited about this because, you know, I, I've got property in Bossier City and I'm considering changing my homestead exemption to Bossier City so that I can run for mayor. Well, our good friend Ryan Haygood has an interesting comment. First, Judy Stewart said, well, there you go. And then Ryan says, Butch Ford needs to resign. We don't need city employees or in this case, parish uh, being above the law. He has a point there. Yeah, but but the thing is, is you're enabling people to just willy-nilly change their homestead exemption to be able to meet qualifications, you know, for a vote. Retroactively unbreak the law. I mean, and you got to say that Patrick Jackson and police juror attorney for the sheriff's office, Juliana Parks, they're fine with this. I mean, which I'm not surprised by Juliana Parks. I mean, she's certainly fine with, you know, twisting the law to benefit herself. I mean, like with the peck, 
I mean, I'm I'm certainly understand that. Well, to be honest, I, I'm not surprised that Patrick Jackson just kind of overlooks this with the whole Robert Barry debacle, but that's a whole other rabbit hole to go back down again that we'll save for another show. Yeah, well, anyway, so if it the the penalties cut, if uh, it comes to light that, in fact, he, he's not residing at this residence, I mean, and I would hate that if there was a private investigator or anybody that really dug into it, you know, I mean, there are penalties you know, for uh, falsifying your homestead exemption. Now, while I don't think that they're very stiff, I mean, it is a crime. It is a crime. And it says here, um, Article, what is that, 7, Section 20A1 mandates that anyone with a homestead exemption must own and occupy that property. Uh, Revised Statute 46, 1703 sets out that anybody who falsely attests to these commits a misdemeanor penalized $100 to $500 or imprisonment for one to six months. I doubt they put anybody in prison over it, but they might impose a little penalty. Who knows? <laughs> Val Baker says he put his dad's address in Elm Grove to be a parish resident. That's right. <laughs> Man, well, you know, there you go, folks. It's the good old boys network. Uh, Val Baker also says uh, Jackson is in with them also, well, you know, it's self-interest. So, all right, let me switch screens back over to us. Um, so that pretty much covers Butch Ford for the evening, which wasn't really on our list of topics to discuss, but there you go. The police yeah, jury, the gift that keeps on giving like the city council. Yeah, it sure does. So I think our guest came in, didn't he? Uh, well, he was in a little bit ago. Oh yeah. He's still in the green room in there. So, uh, we want to go ahead and roll the little intro video for him and then, uh, go ahead and have him on. I think so. All right. So to kind of set this video up and he'll probably correct me a little bit, uh, once, uh, Brandon actually comes on, but to set this video up a little bit, um, our guest was actually involved in a lawsuit with the Biden administration what? over some vaccine. Wait mandates. a minute. You mean... You mean let's go, Brandon? Let's go, Brandon. Hmm. Let's Wait go, Brandon, and and Brandon Trossler is his name. Interesting. Have you actually looked that up? Let's go, Brandon. Uh, no, I haven't. Clue me in, Mister oh. Lowry. We'll play the intro. We'll come to that here in just a minute. Okay, so here we go. Fire in the hole. This is not about freedom or personal choice. It's about protecting yourself and those around you. But our patience is wearing thin. Get vaccinated. I've lived in Essential Parish my whole life. Born and raised in the grocery business. We're currently at 15 stores now, and the goal is to get to the mid-30s. A year ago, grocery folks, first responders, we were all heroes. The problem here is the mandate itself. It puts a wedge between me and my staff, having to make them decide whether or not they want to get this vaccine or I could potentially have to terminate them. The other option is multiple testing on all my staff every single week. And that burden is on the employee. You know, you're talking about $1,500 a month. That's ridiculous. The Biden administration's vaccine mandate is illegal 
It's about excessive government overreach and using a federal agency such as OSHA to try to implement a vaccine requirement within the workplace. It's not about the vaccine. It's about an abuse of power. For people like Brandon, the consequences could be absolutely devastating. These are people that we know. These are our friends and neighbors. It's a, that's the nature of a small business. Brandon does not feel that that's his responsibility. He doesn't want to uh, interfere with the livelihood of his employees. I built an entire life off of this company as a career. If this mandate goes through, it'll be a career down a drain for me, 17 years. We're already short-staffed. I'm expecting probably a 10 to 20 percent decrease in employees right away walking out the door. This is not an anti-vaccine case. This is an anti-mandate case. And they're getting in between those decisions that have always been made between the individual and their physician. It doesn't make a difference to me whether you're vaccinated or not vaccinated, but it's my right as a United States citizen to challenge this that I think is an overreach of the federal government. And I'm gonna stand on firm on what I believe. In talking with Brandon, we knew he was particularly passionate about protecting his employees and his team. And so partnering with the Center for Justice within the Pelican Institute and connecting with the Liberty Justice Center, who has a long and successful track record of challenging these kinds of government overreaches. As soon as the mandate was announced, we were filing in the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals, and the next day, they granted Brandon's request to stop the mandate on an emergency order. So this case is moving rapidly. The Fifth Circuit is making decisions. It could go to the U.S. Supreme Court. There's so many jobs at Jeopardy right now, and I would just we would just appreciate the support. I think it's important to take a stand because obviously this, this affects a lot of the majority of Americans, it affects me, it affects my employees, but if, if we don't take a stand for this, what's next? Well, <clears throat> now I gotta tell you, that is something that I didn't know about Brandon Trosclair until actually I met him for the first time yesterday. Hello, welcome, Brandon Trosclair. Hey, Mr. Duke, Mr. Rex, thanks for having me tonight. I appreciate it. Yeah, I got to say that video, I, I was, you know, going, doing a little uh, due diligence and Googling you and all that and found that uh, that, that video is pretty impressive. How did that case, where does it stand right now? Can you give us a little clue on that? Yes, uh, Mr. Rex. So we, uh, we prevailed in that case. We fought uh, after the Fifth Circuit put an injunction, a nationwide injunction. We fought our way all the way to the Supreme Court, and uh, in January of uh, last year, it's just just passing a one year anniversary on that. But we went to the Supreme Court in Washington and won by a vote of six to three, uh, saving anywhere from eighty to a hundred million jobs is what they estimate. So it wow. was certainly an honor and a privilege to do it. Okay, well, well Duke, fire away. Well, I, I, I heard him speak last night at the PEC and, you know, someone made the comment that, you know, in addition to jobs, you know, the point is there's no telling what we know now today, there's no telling how many lives maybe that potentially save because we're learning now that the jab is actually, uh, you know, partly a cause of a lot of people uh, having heart problems and, and defects and, and all. So arguably that probably saved a lot of lives too. I mean, there's no way to know that. I don't think we can quantify it, but right. uh, I mean, Brandon, I know you're not, you're not even pushing that. You're not even campaigning on that. You're not putting it out there. And, you know, maybe we are uh, squeezing you here, but I think that's important. And uh, <laughs> you're campaigning on something totally different. And, and 
for Secretary of State, right? Yeah, I am. I have uh, announced on December the 8th that I'm running for Secretary of State uh, to clean to clean up our train wreck of uh, election processes that we have here in Louisiana. And, you know, I, I do talk about it, uh, the, the vaccine mandate when I get uh, stops out there. We're, we've been traveling all over the state. We've made probably, uh, I would say, in excess of 50, uh, 40 to 50 stops already. And we talk about it. But, um, you know, um, I, like I said, I, I'm proud and honored to be able to stand up for the American people uh, during that process and fight uh, for our rights and our liberties all the way to the United States Supreme Court. Well, I've got a question for you, and I'll just fire off right out of the gate. Um, and, and we're glad to have you on. So when you say train wreck, mm-hmm. define or, or qualify train wreck, what is what is the train wreck of the election process? Yeah. So, so Rex, I'm a big, um, I'm a big proponent of putting the power back to the people and be accountability. Uh, one thing I talk about everywhere I go is these, these politicians, no matter whatever level, uh, city, parish, state, and federal, these politicians work for us. They, they work for, we are the, the bosses. All right. And so I always talk about that, uh, quite a bit all the time and there's no accountability. Uh, and so my, my two big uh, arguments on a current process is the, the, the voting itself. Uh, we use machines, Dominion machines, uh, that we have uh, much, much, much evidence and proof that the machines can be and have been manipulated, uh, for first and foremost. Secondly, there's no way to audit the machines uh, in Louisiana. Uh, that's a huge problem. There's, again, there's no accountability. Wait, wait, oh. whoa, 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 whoa. Hold up, hold up. Now, we've had Ardwan on the show several times, and we've mm-hmm. pressed him on voting and stuff. Mm-hmm. And he says that we have audits. We do audit. Yeah. Right? Tell now, him you're tell saying, me. now, you're saying we don't we don't have audits, but he says mm-hmm. we do. What, yep. So where, we're, the only state, we're the only state in the country, Duke, that you can't audit the, the actual voting machines that we have. There is no no trail no way to audit our, our machines, the Dominion machines that we have. There is no way to audit, audit those at all. Uh, if there is a way, if, if Secretary uh, of State Ardorn is saying that he, he can audit, tell him to put his mouth, uh, put it, if, you know, show it, prove it, prove it to the people. Um, well, so we can't audit. As, let, let me chime in here for a second, Duke. So as a former member of the Bossier Parish Board of Election Supervisors and all that, mm-hmm. define mm-hmm. audit clarify audit for me. So what would you like to see in an actual audit? I think that's the well, question for everybody. Well, well what I would like what I would like to see Rex is an actual a physical audit and a paper trail and then show that to the people. So under my administration, yeah, you know, which I'm a big proponent of hand-marked secure paper ballots, uh, but within days of the election being held, you will be able to go on the Secretary of State's website, go to your parish and your precinct, and you'll be able to count and see an image of every single uh, ballot that was cast. And that's a way to audit it. Right now, there's, there is no way to audit a Dominion voting machine. Now, you can, you can say you can press a little button and it's going to spit out a, a, a receipt that they're going to count and all they're doing is matching that up. Um, you know, if you had 100, uh, 100 people sign in, you got 100 people vote. But there is no way to audit the, the actual intent of the voter. Um, so any, anyway, that there's no accountability there. So that's my well, first big. Yeah. So, so when, 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 when you're saying audit, you're talking about every ballot, you're talking about every ballot being able to be counted and accounted for and 
everybody being you're talking about you can go online and see it that's what you just correct. said i think that's and, correct well when when ardwan says you know that we have audits what it, what is the audit that he's talking about I haven't seen too many audits that he's talking about at all, but uh, I know one one study that he routinely uh, likes to tout out there is the legislative audit uh, where they went through our election systems and they said that they canvassed some deals and our voter rolls are 99.99% accurate. Now, what that means is when Duke Lowry walks in there that his name matches the last four digits of either his phone number or his driver's license or his social security. That is not accurate registration. And that's the second beef that I have is our, the accuracy of our voter rolls. Uh, so again, talking about the accuracy of our voter rolls, he likes to tout that we had the six best elections in the, in the country, according to the Heritage Institute. So I went on the Heritage Institute, heritage.org, and I went look at that, broke down that scorecard. Our overall score is a 75, which is unacceptable to me as a citizen and as a taxpayer. And then when you look down there, the, the, the score that we got on the accuracy of our voter rolls is an F. An well, F. Well, 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 hold up on the voter rolls. I want to yeah, go Yeah, we got to back up for a second. Let, let me chime <laughs> in here for a second. And, well, well and, I, I want to go to risk-limiting audits because, and, and get what he thinks about risk-limiting well, audits because that, that was wait, what I was wanting to hear, but he never mm -hmm. said risk-limiting audits. Go ahead, but wait, But wait a minute. Before we talk about a true audit, and uh, Duke Kara brought this up in the comments, but I was already headed there. The only way to do a true audit, which actually I'm a personally a supporter of, is doing away with the secret ballot. That's the only actual way to do an audit. Mm -hmm. Is that what you're proposing? Well, well what I'm proposing for is a hand-marked secure paper ballot that uh, the Louisiana voter goes in and, and votes for, and then Louisianians are counting and certifying our election. That's the, the only real way to do a real, I'm not talking about a limited audit, I'm talking about a full-on audit and a full-on vote counted by the people, certified by the people, and then all those ballots are put on with an image that are scanned through, and you can go and count your own precinct yourself. Well, well wait a minute, you said counted by Louisianians. Absolutely. What do, what do what, you, you said counting by Louisianans. What are you saying there? Yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying. And so, um, aren't we, we already with, counted by Louisianans? What's that again? Aren't we already counted by Louisianans? I don't know. You tell me, Duke, who's counting our votes right now? I haven't had a single parish clerk. I haven't had the secretary of state. I haven't had a single citizen in Louisiana tell us who counts their vote. Nobody knows. That's, that's the whole point. There's well, no accountability. I, nobody, I can, knows, I, nobody knows who counts our vote, Mr. Rex. You go up into a machine that has pro pro proprietary black box. Now, I'm going to ask you, Rex, what's proprietary about addition? One plus one plus one. There is nothing proprietary about mathematics and addition. And nobody well, knows who counts our vote. It goes into a proprietary black box, and that is shipped out to a third-party vendor. It's shipped from, you know, go through the process. Uh, and you can show that slide if that you want at any time that I travel around with. But it goes from the clerk's office to the Secretary of State's office. From the Secretary of State, it goes to Dominion. And then from Dominion, they after they decipher supposedly simple addition, it's sent out to Edison, which goes back to the clerk's uh, website and also to the news outlets. So nobody well, knows who counts our votes. Wait a minute. So I'm getting a little confused. And maybe they've upgraded the machine since I uh, resigned off the Board of Election Supervisors a couple of years ago. But that's not exactly the way the process goes. And I okay. can tell you where the voting machines, and it's actually an open meeting. They're sitting on a, in a warehouse over on Viking Drive, at least in Bossier Parish. Now, I'm not 
talking about the rest of the parishes. It's mm-hmm. actually an open meeting that anybody can attend to go and observe those machines being counted and zeroed back out. That's an open meeting. It is also an open meeting to go mm-hmm. to the Board of Election Supervisors meeting, and it is also open to be there on election night. You just have to leave your cell phone outside because you're sequestered in it's also Mm -hmm. open the public to be there and watch the whole process of how it works on election night Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. i'm gonna argue with you mr rex that it can be open as much as you want but the software and the source code itself in those machines and again you're doing agree with that and a hundred out so you don't you do not know mr rex or duke or anybody you do not know who is counting our votes uh wait a minute so I, I don't disagree with you on that because I'm a proponent of open source code, period. Mm-hmm. All right, as a tech guy. If there's but, any technology at all, it should but be open source. Correct. I want to I correct at least maybe the impression that you gave, and maybe you didn't mean to, or maybe you did, so you can correct me if I'm wrong here. But okay. the, the machines do not leave the voting booth and go to Dominion at any time. They just don't. Not not during the election. They go from the not voting right. from the not precincts, right. unless there's secret vans that are carrying them well, over to Dominion and bringing them back. Rick, what I, I will tell you, when I watched all the mail ballots being scanned in those right. scanners up there at the courthouse, those were, right. that was the Dominion. And the lady there, when I was a close eye on it or whatever, she was real quick to point out to me I needed to that's back not, off. That's not and, Dominion software when they're scanning, Duke, by the way. Those are custom, by the way, custom coded no, scanners. No, no, Mr. Rex. I was there in our courthouse as well. And uh, when they are tabulated, the early vote says sent in. That's sent in through a Dominion tabulator. The software is owned by Dominion uh, in the state of Louisiana. And uh, I'm not sure on the confusion, but I, I, I don't didn't imply, at least I didn't think I'd imply that the machines themselves uh, we're leaving. So at the end of the day, you pull out either a cartridge or a thumb drive out of the Dominion voting machine that's uploaded to our election management system, by the way, which we hacked into in less than three minutes and gave our secretary of state all the passwords to everything that he needed. Um, so don't tell me that it can't be hacked in and manipulated. But those that. cartridges, those cartridges and those thumb drives are uploaded to the election management system sent to the secretary of state, then sent to uh, to Dominion and further down the train, it gets back out to Edison and to the, uh, to the news media. Well, and let you bring up an interesting point there. And I'm not, uh, arguing the fact that it can't be hacked because they always used to tell me, Oh yeah, this is a secure line, blah, blah, blah. We're using a VPN tunnel. They didn't lay a fiber optic all the way from Bossier and all every courthouse down to Baton Rouge, but that's a whole other issue. So, uh, but you're saying y'all actually hacked in under the authority of the secretary of state. Yeah, so, so some folks that are working with me on election integrity here in Louisiana had uh, had sat down, um, had the Secretary of State come out to their residence, got permission, and then in less than three minutes um, hacked into the system and gave uh, the Secretary of State all of his own passwords to the whole system. Uh, and again, in less than three minutes. Uh, and look, everything that we talk about, uh, this information has been brought to the Secretary of State, whether it's the voter rolls, uh, whether it's the, the manipulation of the machines, whether it's the closed proprietary software, all this is brought to his attention and we haven't seen any results. Uh, look, I'm a business guy. I have uh, currently I have 13 grocery stores and over 400 employees. Uh, I have two beautiful children that I'd love to spend more time with. What We're not getting no action uh, that the people are asking for. We're not getting no action. Yeah, thanks for putting that slide up. Um, 
you'll you'll see the entire process there um, and and how it's done and and on that same that same slide our secretary of state has recently put out a a, a memo for uh, amendments to title 18 and that memo is dated january 23rd of 2023 and in there it it specifically asked for the certification to be done by the machines and again my whole issue here uh, is no accountability i want the power of the uh, the power put back and restored to the people uh, of Louisiana, um, not uh, a third-party vendor. Very interesting. So I'm going to go through some of these comments over here, Duke. So if you've got some questions or whatever, go ahead and, and fire off. I'm going to try to catch up on the comments real quick. Well, so so I don't think a lot of people understand when you say it goes through Dominion and then you know it ends up being shipped off to Edison, and then the results end up coming back to us. I mean, I, I'm guessing that Kyle Ardwan would say, no, that's not what happens. So explain that in a little more detail if you can. So, because a lot of folks, you know, we've got these old DRE machines and, you know, I, I got to tell you, my opinion is, is they're so old and so antiquated. I trust them more than I do anything newer i'm different than rex rex is rex trusts all the new stuff i don't trust all the i don't trust the new stuff hanging I chad is stuff. all i have to say I, i'm down with it let's get to the hanging chad <laughs> but i mean explain that in a little more detail about it making this big old circle the numbers and making this big old circle i mean uh barry butler makes the point he said each precinct prints out a total at the end of voting but barry the precinct prints out the totals for day of election it doesn't print out what the early vote and the mail vote was because they're not counted on the machines at the precinct that's then calculated in at another point which i think might be where brandon is going here am i right brandon yeah, so if, if you go and uh, there's a website you can go to called The Professor's Record, uh, they have a video there of a, a gentleman, I think Jeff Lindbergh, I believe is his name. And so he got his hands on a Dominion voting machine. And for a simple practice, he had four uh, Trump uh, ballots. He had two uh, Joe Biden ballots and one violent ballot for a third candidate. So he scanned them through and then he pressed for a tally. He had a tally, a total, um, a total of five ballots. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, seven ballots. And what he had there is it matched up on the, the tally that he slid through and the tally on the receipt. And so that's what they're calling their, their auditing and verifying it. They had the same amount. That's the first process. But when it came through on the results on the election management system that you had uh, four Biden uh, ballots, you had two Trump and, and then one for the third candidate and it had swapped the votes. So it doesn't matter if these machines are connected to the Internet or not. The fact of the matter is it's all about the closed source proprietary software. That's my issue here is, again, there's no accountability. Our secretary of state cannot audit and look at that software. It's look, proprietary. I, I agree with you, and I've been advocating for this for a while. I agree with you 100% that closed source proprietary software is not the way to go, that open source is the only way to do this you and i agree 100 yeah, if, if there is any software at all it, it should most definitely be open source software that's owned and operated by the people of louisiana but we had election integrity hearings uh in 2021 by our senate committee and every expert that came through said the safest and most secure is hand marked secure paper ballots uh and so 
that's what I am uh, a proponent of. And we have working with partners all over the country to find out the best way. And it is, it is an evolving process that I think we get better at and better at every single day that we're constantly testing this and working this out. But we currently have a system that we have a manual for that was written by some of our friends in Missouri. And we start counting those ballots after the first hour closes. You have four people at every precinct that are certifying these, uh, these ballots and counting these ballots. And within minutes of the polls closing, uh, you have Louisiana voters being counted by Louisiana citizens and being certified. You have a certified election within minutes of the polls closing. Minutes of the polls closing. Interesting. Okay, so I've got the first slide up there. Uh, do you want me to switch slides or where do we want to go? Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead and go to the next one. So this is the current. This is my first problem. And you can go to the next slide. This is my solution. Louisiana voter voting on a hand-marked secure paper ballot. And then you have Louisiana locals counting in each, each precinct. And then the night of, you have election certified election results within minutes of the polls closing. Uh, also, uh, uh, part of my policy there is that uh, we, on statewide elections, you wait till all 64 parishes are counted and certified. And then they upload it to the Secretary of State's office as well to the, uh, uh, an open uh, website that the people can view. And, and see the transparency that puts the power back to the people. And I know statewide, there's no more waiting on, if you want to say Shreveport, Baton Rouge, New Orleans, uh, places where they have had uh, election uh, problems before. There's no more waiting on that and saying that, oh, the election was rigged because New Orleans came in late. We're not doing that game no more. Everybody's well, going to be certified. Everybody's going to be certified. And when they're all 64 certified, they'll be uploaded at the same time. From a logistical standpoint, though, let me ask you this. So you're having the locals count uh, in each precinct, and they're going to count hand-marked secure paper ballots, correct? So these that are hand-counted by people? So that is correct. So where are you going to get enough people to do that? that? Because that's always a problem. Yeah. Look, I, I'm a solutions guy. I'm a guy the glasses half full that we're going to make a way and we're going to find a way. We're going to advertise to have people to work the polls. Uh, but look, they're doing this in parts of Texas. They're doing this in parts of Florida. Uh, so I'm going to argue the fact that don't tell me that the people of Louisiana can't do this. Um, you know, in 1860, uh, that we hand counted paper ballots back then. And before President Lincoln went to bed, he knew that he was the next president of the United States. Uh, I think with, uh, with professional run, uh, administration that we can get this. Uh, I, I see no problem with it, uh, with making this work at all. All right. So let's go to the next slide. Duke, you got something to add? Well, yeah, I, I will add, you know, when I watched all the, the hearings, you know, and I, I saw some of the testimony and it was talking about blockchain. It was talking about, you know, hand marked secure ballots. It was talking about all that stuff. And, and just what Brandon said earlier, I am in favor of the the handmarked secure ballots because at the end of it, all of those ballots would be uploaded. And if I want to go and look in my precinct and see and count all of the actual handmarked ballots, I can do that. I can do my Absolutely. own audit. I can count it yep. myself. As it stands right now, uh, that's not happening. It's not ever going to happen. I can never see the ballots. <laughs> that's correct. That's correct. And so my second issue here, and you you got people argue all the time whether or not the, they believe in the, the, the voting systems problem. This is one thing that nobody ever argues with because everybody knows it's correct, even the clerks. But our registration process is a, is a train wreck. And so currently, 
Uh, currently, uh, that it not by law, but the current process is is that our register of voters that that process the management of our registration is outsourced to the Secretary of State, and our Secretary routinely talks about this all the time that the Secretary of State's office. Uh, outsources that to a third-party vendor in Indiana. The name of that company is called Civics. Um, again, I'm going to refer back to that January 23rd document and uh, that the Secretary of State put out that they permanently, they want a law, change the Title 18, to outsource all registration to the Secretary of State's office. And that's just to make it law. So, again, we talked about uh, the Heritage Institute uh, survey that put us the six best elections in the United States. Well, if you, you go and look at all the different uh, uh, sections of that, we have an F in our the accuracy of our voter rolls. Uh, we have an F on proof of citizenship. This is all uh, clear, transparent, open out there. People can go look at this. And we have over 700,000 inactive and ineligible voters. Over 700,000 inactive. So you got 3.6 registered voters, 3.6 million voters in Louisiana. And you got 700,000 of them are ineligible and active by current law, by current law. So, uh, again, the, I put on there at the bottom of that slide, the power is once again being outsourced to a third-party vendor. Not The power is not with the people of Louisiana. And so but, if you want to go but, to the... But we were the first to get rid of Eric, right? Yeah. yeah. Hey, and look, I got I to give, give kudos on that. Uh, that we're not part of Eric's anymore, but that still that doesn't correct the problem that we have with our registration. Uh, and look, we're talking about um, you, you got 585 people in, in New Orleans uh, that you have a halfway house that's been chained up for three years, but you got 585 people that are registered to vote there. And and, and that is, in all honesty, small piece uh, to, to the accuracy of these voter rolls, but we're going to clean it up. And what I'm advocating for, as you see on this slide, is no, no, wait a minute. Of, well, hold up. Hold up, Brandon. Hold up. Hold up. All right. You're, you just said 580-something people registered at a chained-up house in Orleans. I'm, I'm going to assume Orleans Parish? That's correct. A halfway how house you, in Orleans. How, how do you know that? Yeah, because we, we've, we've done canvases. We got teams and, and people working all over Louisiana that are doing that are doing canvases. And so we, we, we've been walking the streets, knocking on doors. Um, you know, one of the things it's against the law to be registered at a, at a post office box or a UPS store. But there's dozens in every single parish that are registered at post office boxes and at, at UPS stores. That's against the law. How, right. how does it happen? How does it happen? Well, but yeah, so we got pictures of the halfway house. With chains on the doors, it's been it's been shut down for three years. But you, you, you know, still have people. Do you have any indication of those people that are registered at these, you know, shutdown houses and PO boxes actually vote as well? Yeah, yes, we do. We do. And so what we're doing now is we're getting affidavits signed uh, to try to get affidavits signed by some of these folks. But yes, we absolutely do uh, have proof that uh, that some of these folks have have voted as well as when we knock on doors, um, we'll ask is you know. Is Rex here? Well, who's Rex? I don't know who Rex is, but well, he's registered to vote here and he's voted, uh, but nobody knows who Rex is. And so, so again, for instead, so so well, you you said a number of seven hundred something thousand, and then you're talking about correct. a halfway house with five hundred and something people registered at this halfway house. It, does has the Secretary of State? You know, Ardwan been notified of this? Does he know? I mean, does he know there's a problem there? I mean, 
or, or this, this, this information, this information has been given to the secretary of state uh, for at least the past 18 months. Uh, and I can tell you as of last week, uh, that hasn't been changed. There has been a recent lawsuit uh, that's all over in the news right now, and, and it deals with the recall. But I believe just in last week that the uh, Secretary of State has removed 38,000 uh, folks from the voter rolls in Orleans, and it has to do with that recall. And so uh, hopefully maybe this week that uh, maybe those uh, 585 people, um, maybe that those are some of the ones that have been cleaned up. But it's, uh, it, it, it's thousands of folks in every single parish. Again, it's 704,000 uh, in the state of Louisiana. Well, not to throw a curveball into the segment, but mysterious Mark Smith, one of our uh, anonymous profile guests, says and wants to know: Will this help with term limits? <laughs> well, yeah, that's a that's a to- that's a totally different subject that I'm gonna let the uh, the Bozier RPEC deal with. Uh, looks like they got some experience uh, with that category. But uh, look, I, I, I'm not a politician. I'm a business guy. Uh, once I'm elected to be the Secretary of State, I'm going to clean this up, but you're not going to see see me in there for the rest of my life. Uh, I want to clean this mess up uh, and, and move on. Um, so you don't have to worry about term limits with Trost, Claire. I can promise you that. Okay. So, all right. Uh, have we talked about this slide yet? The safe and no, honest we haven't. registration. We haven't. Process. And so, so the problem we have now is you have one portal out, one portal in with our registration, again, to a third-party vendor uh, named Civics. And what I'm advocating for is the original intent of the registrar of voters is that you have all 64 parishes, all 64 registrar of voters, that they handle the registration process from start to finish at the local level. People go and they register to vote at the registrar of voters office and they keep the uh, all the registration there. And that will certainly help uh, clean up our roles. And that's one way that uh, that we uh, that we're confident that we're going to have a fighting chance uh, on winning this next election is uh, we're, we're working with the attorney general to make sure that uh, just like those previous thirty eight thousand in Orleans Parish were cleaned up, that we clean up this entire seven hundred and four thousand before the elections in October. So, right, again, so, you, you'll, you'll see on that slide, Rex, I'm going to talk to you until you're blue in the face about it. But, it's, again, it's the power is given back to the people. So, so, let, me so add, let me put a comment up real quick, Duke. So, your bride, Kara, says, uh, why would the Secretary of State not immediately remove all 585 from the rolls? Any, any idea Ka- on that? Yeah, Miss Kara, that's a great question. Um, I would certainly advise you to uh, to call like we have. Uh, we have asked many, many, many times over the last year and a half, and uh, he routinely says that the federal government has his hands tied and all these excuses here and there, but the fact of the matter is of last week they were still there. So uh, by all means, call the Secretary of State's office and, and, and ask why. Ask him why we have 704,000 people that are ineligible and inactive on our voter rolls. Uh, ask him and tell him you want results. You want accountability. I, I know that's what I would advocate for, Duke and Rex. When I'm the next Secretary of State, I want people like Kara to call my office. And if she's got a problem with the registration process or the voting process, I want them to hold me accountable. All these elected officials should be held accountable by the people. But if you have a problem, you call me and you ask me, and I'm going to give you answers. So so I, I, I have a scenario here, and I want to play this out, uh, Brandon. So what you're telling me is, and I'm going to plead my ignorance here, and I should know this. I, I shamefully don't know this. But based off of what you're saying, so I've been walking the streets collecting signatures for term limits, right? And that's correct. I I, I recently went to the door of a of a home of a gentleman, and he was he was registered to vote, but he he was not registered to vote in Bozier. 
He was living in Bossier and he wanted to change his registration. I walked mm-hmm. him through the process of going to the GoVote app and to, you know, utilize his driver's license and put all of his information in and to change his voter registration. So what you're saying is, is probably that information wasn't going to our local registrar of voters. It may not have even been going to our secretary of state, but it was probably going to this third party out of state and then would come back to register him. Correct. That, that is correct. So, so you're doing some paperwork at the local level. You're filling out a form uh, at the local registration and then it's sent to the secretary of state's offices again. And then it's but the, the registration itself is managed by civics in Indiana. So uh, they're the ones that are that are managing that uh, the registration for us. But, there, you know, there's some paperwork. But currently, if you can read, I encourage you to go and read. I can email you guys when we're done here but to read this document that was put out on January 23rd and explicitly details that what they want the registrars of voters to be doing after this is approved for title 18 is to handle only early, early voting. Uh, no longer will they be doing our registration. Uh, it's in black and white. Um, so, uh, but anyway, currently it is, it's completely outsourced to the, uh, to civics going through from the registrar's of voters office to the secretary of state and then ultimately passed on to civics. How long wow. has this been going on where they've outsourced? Yeah, I, I don't have an answer for you on that, Rex. Uh, I can look that up. Um, I don't have an answer on that, but I, I can get that information. Uh, hopefully, I, I mean, can get that information. Well, is it something that they just fairly recently implemented in the last couple of years, or do you know if it's been going on for a while? Or yeah, I, I, I've been involved in election integrity for about two years, and at least okay. the last two years, it, it, it's been that way. Okay, fair enough. Well... Moving on with the next slide, um, Brandon, you ready? Yeah. So, so my slide, uh, my wife is a graphic designer. I uh, got her degree from LSU. So my slide looks a little bit different here than the ones that uh, our people are seeing out in Congress right now. But ultimately what you have here, uh, and look, there were some, uh, some bombshell evidence today in, in federal court, but uh, our Attorney General Jeff Landry and the Attorney General of, uh, of Missouri has filed a motion for uh, a federal judge to demand that the federal government and its partners uh, immediately stop censoring Americans. And they gave 1,400 do- uh, documents of evidence um, to the court uh, proving that case. And, and again, once again, we've already got the information that uh, our Secretary of State is involved with this. But anyway, the ones in Congress is more of a, a baby blue slide, looks like clouds. But what you have here is in the middle is you have censorship. And I put Kyle's name there uh, because there's a video of him saying that his proudest accomplishment in six years is working with his federal partners on censoring the American people. Now, what he calls it is misinformation and disinformation. But uh, what you got going on here is is Kyle Ardwan. Uh, wait a minute, You're, Kyle, you 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 said Kyle Ardwan said that he he you you quote was that a direct quote? Direct quote on, on video. Uh, so the direct quote is, it's his proudest accomplishment in six years is silencing the misinformation and disinformation and working with his federal partners. I call that when you're silencing any, anybody, uh, the way I talk here is that's censoring. But uh, the way he calls it, he doesn't never use the word censor, Duke. He uses uh, that we're, we're, we're silencing misinformation and disinformation. But what you have here is Kyle was the past president and, and current president of NAS, that's the National Association of Secretary of States. Uh, 
Uh, he is also the co-chair of CISA, the Cybersecurity Infrastructure System. And they have worked with all these other agencies, these federal agencies, the FBI, the CIA, uh, Internet Security, uh, which Kyle's a member. But they've worked with Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, and they've, they've created a portal that you can report people into censor. And they were, they were all been communicating on the, look at the bottom left of that screen called Gyra. Uh, and that is, they've been a private portal for all these institutions to communicate it's, and it's been secret, but is now out there, uh, in Congress, it's out there by the Twitter files. And it's also out there by the Landry Schmidt versus Biden lawsuit. Um, and that's where we got a lot of our information on this, but Kyle Ordon had as our Secretary of State, why he's on involved in this in the first place is beyond me, but he has signed off on this portal uh, to censor not only Louisianians, but also to censor um, the American people. Wow. And, and by yes. the way, I want to wow. say that your wife does a great job with the graphics <laughs> and the marketing, but they're nice. Yeah, <laughs> I, I am proud of her. I'm proud of her for sure. So if you go to, I don't know if you have any more questions on this, but again, it's all out there. Landry Schmidt uh, versus Biden. You can go and look at that lawsuit. Uh, you can look at the news that popped up just yesterday uh, where both of our attorney generals here and in Missouri gave 14 cases of evidence where those organizations censored Americans and they're demanding that uh, the president uh, puts it into this immediately. Um, but I joke around a lot that, I mean, that enrages me as a citizen. I've been censored on many occasions. My YouTube, my campaign YouTube channel, uh, we had a We the People event, was shut down within 15 minutes. Uh, continued uh, instances on my Facebook page, um, multiple, multiple cases. Uh, my, my website, as you can see on that screen, is letsgobrandon.net. Of course, that's, that's a good old Cajun way, G-A-U-X. But that's been deemed defensive, offensive by, by Google. And so I've been, for the most part, very unable to email folks with a Gmail account from my, from my Let's Go Brandon account. But I, anyway, I joke around a lot that me and the wife had to pray, you know, long and hard on our knees to what we should do about censorship. And that's just a joke, but I'm being so obvious, it's ridiculous, Rex and Duke, but there should be no censorship at all. The, these politicians and these officials, they work for us. We are the boss. They have no right to censor us at all. And so I always tell everybody that I'm not beholden to NAS, not hold, beholden to a CISA or anything like that. I'm beholden to only one group of people, and that's the people of Louisiana. Well, I'll say you definitely know your stuff. There's no doubt about that. Um, let me switch switch slides here. So, Duke, do you have something? No, no, I'm, I'm just sitting here with my mouth wide open. Uh, go ahead, Brandon. Yeah. Keep going. Duke, to your point, the people of Louisiana should be outraged. But again, there's there's been such a lack of accountability uh, and transparency. What we should be outraged. I know when I see this stuff, it, it makes me furious that this is happening. And so my last slide here is just talking about a professional way to run the, the State Department. Uh, and look, everything I say, it, it's all facts. It's all evidence of everything out there. So go look this up. Um, but in 2018, every newspaper in the state has printed about this. And in 2021, there's allegations of bid rigging. Uh, the governor of Louisiana revoked the contract in 2018 and accused uh, Kyle of bid rigging. In 2021, uh, leg the legislature, multiple people in the legislature accused uh, Kyle of bid rigging again. And that's what led to our election integrity hearings uh, in the Senate, um, led by Senator Sharon Hewitt. And that's where we had all the experts testify that handmarked uh, paper ballots were the securest and safest and most honest way to hold an election. 
So after these hearings in 2022, we have Kyle on record saying that he promised that he was going to give us paper ballots. And so now in 2023, that uh, and just last week in St. Tammany Parish, uh, our Secretary of State is advocating yet again to award a contract for 93, 95 plus million dollars. And we call them legacy vendors, but uh, they're they're one and the same. They're all the same tribe, but you got ES&S, you got Dominion, and they're all the same. They all have proprietary black box where there's no accountability and no transparency. Um, so we ask, say, hey, folks, uh, you want proof? We want proof as well. So give us the cast vote record. Uh, sometimes we're told that we can't get it at all. And sometimes that we're told that it's going to be $320,000. Uh, my response to that is I can go in Nancy Pelosi's district and download it for free. I can go get the cast vote record for free. And that's how we know that these machines have been manipulated. We've, we've looked through the cast vote record, hundreds and hundreds of cast vote records all across the country. And we can tell you when, it, when a vote has been manipulated and when a vote has not been manipulated. And sometimes you can go in, in, one, um, in one state or parish and if you have five, uh, five races on the ballot, they might only manipulate one or two. Why? Don't know. But there's no transparency and accountability at all. And so we want the cast vote record, which we have not been able to get here in Louisiana. We've asked Freedom of Information Acts, multiple of these that we've asked for. Uh, communications between our Secretary of State and these legacy vendors. Uh, those Freedom of Information Acts have been just completely denied. And so what I put on here is all the experts say that the ballots are the safest way to go, but, but our Secretary of State knows better than the people of Louisiana. So if you go to that next slide, Rex, and this is my last point here, is that I want the power to be, uh, again, restored back to the people where it should be. Um, I'm in the grocery business, as you mentioned earlier at the beginning of the show, I own 13 grocery stores. And I tell all my people all the time that we, we're in the customer service business is the business that we're in. And we happen to sell groceries. Every decision that we make on our executive team, it's all about, is it going to provide a better shopping experience for our customers? Is this a better solution to whatever we're dealing with for the customers? If we don't have customers, we don't have jobs. And so it's all about restoring the power to the people. It's about being open and transparent. I'm so very thankful that some of our uh, school boards are starting in here in Louisiana are starting to implement uh, what we call Ohio Checkbook and where you can see where every dollar goes, where every check is written and where it goes. And I'm going to do the same thing um, at the State Department is open and transparent. You'll be able to see every single penny that we spent. Uh, you'll be able to see where it goes. You'll be able to see the checks on where the money's flowing to. Uh, and again, it's all about accountability, transparency, and putting the power back to the people of Louisiana. And that's, that's my platform. I think it's uh, uh, pretty simple there, Rex and Duke, pretty simple. Well, speaking of the uh, power of transparency and the spirit of transparency, so you said that y'all can detect when the, some of these ballots have been manipulated. Do you have the information or the instructions on how to tell if they're manipulated posted anywhere? Yeah, so uh, Dr. Dave Clement is uh, what I I believe is one of the foremost leaders in election integrity uh, from around the country. Um, he's an award-winning uh, attorney. He's also an award-winning professor uh, out in Arizona. I'm sorry, New Mexico. And um, 
anyway, he was fired for not taking the vaccine from uh, from his job as a professor. But if you go on his website, and it's called the professorsrecord.com, you will see where he takes uh, cast vote records from states across the country, and he can show you a cast vote record uh, on there that is uh, manipulated and one that is not manipulated. And so, again, in, in all transparency, we've asked the Secretary of State for two years now say, hey, make us, make us, prove us, make us a liar. Give me the open source software and give me the cast vote record. We can't get either one. Interesting. Um, so we got a couple of questions, uh, and Duke, not to interrupt you, but uh, Ryan Haygood says, well, two questions actually from Ryan. One, and I'll pop it up on the screen right there. How do we get involved? And then question number two, Ryan says, ask him what Raymond Cruz said last week. Yeah, so I don't know who Raymond Cruz is. That that bell doesn't ring. Uh, that name doesn't ring a bell with me. But how you get involved, I'm not sure if that uh, involves getting involved in the election integrity process or getting involved with my campaign. But uh, you can certainly reach out to us at letsgobrandon.net. Uh, I got my email address on there. Everything that you've seen tonight is on my website. Uh, but I I encourage everybody uh, to call their Secretary of State. Uh, calling your registrar of voters and calling your clerk of courts is not going to do anything because I don't believe. And I know that, that they haven't done anything wrong. Um, they're not doing anything nefarious or anything wrong at all. That everything that's, that in my beef is with the process is the policy of the State Department and our Secretary of State. But call them and demand that you want the, the cast vote record and demand that you can see the, the software, the proprietary software of our voting machines. I can tell you what's going to happen. You're going to be told no. But that's what we do. When enough people put pressure on, on our elected officials, that's when we start getting results. Um, but uh, our, our current uh, Secretary of State is not going to give that information, and he's pushing ballot marking devices, which, is, again, is either a Dominion or an ESNS system. It's still proprietary, um, and the current one that he's actually pushing, um, you know, some folks want a paper trail, and I'm here to tell you the paper trail is just giving you a warm and fuzzy feeling. Uh, it still does not give you any transparency and accountability at all. But the ballot yeah, marking no, device that, no, no, that Secretary Ardoin is pushing doesn't even have a paper trail. I want to stop you there. Now, when we're talking about the 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 printed ballot thing, they give you a receipt to to mm -hmm. say or reflect what you voted. Mm -hmm. Isn't am I correct? Isn't that the same thing that Georgia has? Yes. No. No. Georgia does not have that. So what Georgia has okay. is is they have a a, a true hand marked uh, paper ballot, uh, but you would slide it through a Dominion voting machine. And so what a lot of people seen in twenty twenty is you seen a lady. She was running the same ballot through a Dominion tabulator over and over and over and over and over again. Uh, you won't be able to do that with our process, at least what I'm advocating for um, with the handmark secure paper ballot. There, there's nothing to scan it through. Uh, it's only being counted by by the people of Louisiana. Um, but yeah, Georgia has Dominion tabulators uh, is what they have. Let me let me throw something off the wall. Have you kept up with the Dominion voting versus Fox News and all those websites? Yeah, yeah, I certainly have. Uh, so that lawsuit, that's one more uh, uh, proof of evidence. So you have six Dominion employees that testified under oath when they were deposed in that lawsuit that uh, clearly stated in there that their uh, software can be hacked into, can be manipulated. They routinely have bugs and they routinely uh, have miscounts uh, involved with the Dominion voting machines. Um, Fox News versus Dominion. That's just one more source that you can go out there and look at. Well, I got a question. So, so Secretary Ardwan 
has been on our show. I mean, do have, have you guys had, have y'all talked about issues? Have y'all talked? Have you had any dialogue? Yeah. So uh, plenty of folks that are working with me have talked to him and have had plenty of lunches and dinners and, and all the above with him. Uh, of course, he won't meet with me. I'm as an opponent to his, uh, to his administration. Uh, we haven't talked personally, but uh, I have a lot of folks all over the state uh, that have spoken to him again over the last two years about all these problems. And there's what has ultimately uh, happened is uh, just a bag of empty promises. Well, I, I say that because before COVID, I was already, you know, I think, what is, is it Nancy Landry, who was the staff attorney in his office or what have you? I was through her working on trying to get some legislation, bef- again, before COVID, trying to work on our election integrity, e- even at that time. And mm-hmm. I, I felt like there was some movement there at that time, but then COVID came and everything just kind of went by the wayside. Right. And you know, since that time, he has come on our show a couple of times and, and we've, at, we've, you know, Rex and I have prodded a little bit on things and, uh, you know, he's been gracious with his time to talk to us. And I'm just wondering, I'm sitting here thinking out loud because, you know, you've made some pretty strong allegations and sure, sure. I think that, you know, he should respond to those and I'm going to reach out to him and I'm going to ask him to watch our show I want to ask him to comment on it. And I'm, I'm, I'm thinking here, would you be agreeable to have a debate with him and, and talk it out? I mean, our, sometimes in politics, it's, it's uh, not a friendly dialogue that can be had between candidates. I mean, and I guess what I'm saying to you is, is do you think you could have a friendly dialogue with him? You know, and yeah, look, debate? look, dude, Duke, I, I, I'm a good old country boy, man. I'm, I'm from, uh, I call it God's country. I'm out here in Gonzales, Louisiana. I'm a good old country boy. Uh, I'd like to think that I can get along with anybody. And, and, and look, my allegations here and the, the problems that I have with our election process and our registration process, it's nothing personal. I have nothing personal against Kyle Ordoin. I, I hear he's just a big teddy bear and he's the nicest guy in the world. So it's nothing personal. I would love to debate Kyle. Um, uh, I've advocated for it many times out when I'm traveling is, hey, if, 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 if I'm a liar, call me out on it. Prove, prove me wrong. Uh, but let, yeah, let's have a debate. I was in New Orleans uh, last week and, and I gave the same speech that I just gave here tonight. And the clerk over there in Orleans actually is in Jefferson. Uh, nice fellow. And um, he, he told everybody, you just got to trust me. You just got to trust me. And I'm sorry, I don't trust any politician. Uh, and like Reagan said, trust but verify. And, I'm, and so I'm verifying um and so well, I'm, by definition you tell me that, when, you tell me when and where and i'm there for a debate the, by definition does that mean when you're elected secretary of state if you are and become a politician by definition then that we don't trust you yeah d- don't you verify everything that i say and, and hopefully i'm not referred to a politician too often i like i'd prefer being a, a public servant because that's what it's all about uh you know i don't need another job uh rex i got plenty of those um but yeah absolutely you shouldn't trust anything that comes out of my mouth as an elected official you should verify if i tell you there's a hundred million dollars in the bank and we're spending it all right here in louisiana and all in these systems guess what you should be, have every right to see that. You should verify that that's the case. And one way that we're going to do that is, and again, I just told you on the screen, is we're going to do Ohio checkbook. And I'm going to be as transparent. You have the most transparent government agency in Louisiana. The next State Department under my administration will have that because we don't have nothing to hide. We're only beholden to one group of people and only going to work for one group of people, and that's the people of Louisiana. So absolutely, don't believe anything I say. Go do I, your I'm going to hit you with one more. 
and and I'm not going to beat you no more. You said that a few times now, Duke, but go ahead. <laughs> Should the Secretary of State's office have term limits? You know, I I have traditionally I have always been in the case that the term limits should, should be the ballot box. Uh, but knowing what I know now and being involved as long as I've always been involved in my community, I'm uh, I'm, I'm uh, the ripe old age of 40 now, but I've been involved for a long time. And, and, and what I'm seeing now, then, yeah, I, I'm a I'm a term limit guy really at, at every doggone level um, to have. Again, I think it would only helps uh, with reducing corruption and only helps with um, uh, transparency and accountability. So I understand the whole logic. You get more power on certain committees, and and, and I get all that, uh, but it's not working for the American people. You get the Chuck Schumers and Pelosi's and folks like that of the world. And so uh, I, I can't tell you that uh, that I'm happy with the results of our federal government or our state government. Um, I pay hundreds of thousands of dollars every year in taxes, and I don't get the return. I don't get the return on my investment. I don't know about y'all guys, but I don't get the return on my investment. And so uh, knowing what I know now that I'm all in favor of it. Hey, term again, limits and, and open source and, software. I'm, I'm absolutely. And I'm again, hearing. you will not have a problem with Trosclera having to go and uh, be term limited because I don't, I do not plan on being there for a long time. I plan on going there and getting this mess cleaned up and uh, hopefully handing off to somebody else, uh, somebody else that we can trust and, and elect to, to keep it running smooth and open and transparent and working for the American people, the people of Louisiana. Well, as we kind of wrap this up, I want to go back and address Ryan Haygood's comment where he asked, you know, <coughs> what what folks can do to get involved is two things. One, reach out to you, you know, through your campaign mm -hmm. website or whatever and see. But also, Ryan, another thing people can do, I'm not kidding. Those are open meetings at the Board of Election Supervisors meetings where they pick all the, you know, precinct people and all that. Those are open meetings. They're also open meetings when they count the election ballots until we get when and if we get any of this changed, the first thing you can do is go vote and then go up to the courthouse that evening and just watch. You know, you're sequestered in there for an hour or whatever it is, but go up there and just watch. Be a part of the process. That's one at least small thing you can do right now. Yeah, and, and, I, and I said this last night to Duke. Uh, for, forgive me for repeating myself, but, uh, but I quote Ronald Reagan a lot. And, you know, his famous speech from 1964, a charge to keep and he deals with uh, with appeasement and, 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 and apathy, voter apathy, that we're content. Uh, you know, we Americans have it great compared to a lot of places around the world. And just the folks are not no longer involved as a majority. And so get involved. Find what your niche is. If your niche is to dealing with these corrupt library boards, go and fight for your everlasting daylights, go and fight for that. If your niche is dealing with roads and drainage, go to your council meetings and get involved. If your niche is dealing with election integrity, get involved with those, but find what your niche is, find out what you're passionate about and get, go get up a crawl, politician's crawl and demand transparency and demand accountability, but get involved. Uh, Reagan said, do your best, do your best to preserve this shining city on a hill. Do your your best to preserve what we have for the next generation, for your kids and grandkids. And that's that's one thing that I advocate is get involved. We all have difference of opinions, uh, but get involved. Can't, can't argue with that. Okay, Mr. Lowry, you got anything more for our guest? That's it, Brandon. I appreciate you coming on, and uh, I like I like what you said, and uh, I look forward to us trying to uh, have some dialogue with Secretary Ardwan, and uh, you know, let's let's. 
I, I believe debate is the best way to get to the bottom of things. I mean, I think it, I uh, you know, as the old adage says, iron sharpens iron. I agree. I agree. I appreciate y'all having me on, uh, on y'all show. Thanks for having me in the great city of Bozier last night. And I look forward, I'll be back in Shreveport, I believe on March the 28th, uh, be out there. So encourage everybody to come out and like I said, follow us on let's go brandon.net. Uh, we're going to put our schedule up there and all the information on here. So thanks so much, Rex and Duke for having me tonight. I appreciate it guys. I appreciate it, Brandon. Thank you. Thank you. Well, that was certainly interesting. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. Uh, well, I, you know, I, I, I'm real interested to hear, I mean, what Secretary Ardoin has to say. I mean. Uh, yeah, and, you know, I'm an advocate for our elections in Louisiana are better than most states. Let me put it that way. But. As I've been saying all along, at the bare minimum, we need open source software. That's the only way to do this if we're going to keep it automated. Um, and I like a lot of things that, you know, that Brandon advocated for. So well, well, I, I got to say, I like, kudos to him. It, it, what he said about the ballot, I mean, look, Rex, you fill out a ballot, you circle who you want to vote for or fill in the blank or whatever. You write it down on a piece of paper. I write down who I'm going to support on a piece of paper. And all of those are scanned in an image and posted up for all the world to see. And we can all count them ourselves. We can all yeah, count well, them. Look, I can't argue with that. Again, I, I'm not necessarily a proponent of a secret ballot anymore in elections. I'm just not. Well, you know, I'm not either. Stand, Look, stand on look. your vote. I understand. I understand that there are scenarios that people come up with, you know, where the secret ballot. I understand That's what right. the purpose of it was at one time, but I'm just not a fan. I want to address one thing because your wife has also put up a couple of comments about this. She says, how are they accountable if we can't see what they're doing? All we can see is that they're doing something. Well, Kara, so I can tell you uh, again you know, I was on that board for a couple of years or whatever, that it always helps to have people sitting there watching you. Because not that anybody in Bozier Parish, at least, is doing anything wrong or nefarious, but it always helps to have a check and balance. You can literally walk room to room and you can go in and observe. You can't get in the way, of course, but you can go in and observe firsthand what everybody is doing as long as you're not disturbing the process. And that is not a bad thing to at least get started with in bringing some accountability to all this. Again, in Bossier Parish, not saying that Stephanie and the girls are doing anything wrong up there, but it doesn't hurt to go watch the process and they don't have a problem with that because I've specifically asked Stephanie. No, they, they don't have a problem with that, but I, <clears throat> I'm saying, I, I think that there shouldn't be a problem with being able to have a more comprehensive audit. You're telling me you're the tech guy. You're telling me how hard would it be to put all of our votes up in an image? If we all cast a ballot. We don't have to put our name. You know what? I'm fine with signing my name across the ballot. Me and you both, I, I don't think we have any disagreement on that because we do this live show. We say a lot of things that are critical of a lot of people and, you know, we have to live with it. I will sign my name as to who I vote for. I got no problem doing that. I don't care. 
I'll sign it across the middle of my ballot. You know what? And if it gets posted on the internet for everybody right. to see, hey, here's who Duke voted for. I'm good with that. Right. I respect a lot of people are not. But in totality, if we all fill out those and, and you post them up, we can all go count them. We can all have multiple people auditing 100%. But no, we can't do that. And we didn't talk about this with him. What we have to accept is risk limiting audits. And risk limiting audits is, is oh, we're going to take a selected little small 1% of all the votes and we're going to check all those votes to see that they match up with the numbers that matched up on whatever method of voting was used, whether it was early voting or whether it was uh, on the computer or the DRE machine. We're going we're gonna to make sure that, you know, they were the same vote count, not the same outcome, but the same vote count, right? So how, how does that reflective of the whole election? It, it's not. That's a good, no, it's not. It's not. That's not a true audit. And, right, and that's my not. problem with it. No, I don't disagree with that at all either. Um, uh, you know, some, and again, I'm not trying to carry water for Bozier Parish, just that I've seen it firsthand. I think Bozier Parish itself does a very good job at uh, the elections and, and tabulating the votes. And, and but if but if we're doing but, it right, Rex. But if right. we're doing it right, Rex, and Orleans Parish has halfway houses right. with five hundred something registered voters, how many halfway houses that's, are there? That's how the many? problem. So it becomes, you know what, Bozier, we shouldn't even have an election because our vote doesn't count. Well, and look, you know, because the, we're doing it right. Maybe we purging, need to have halfway houses up here. Maybe we do. <laughs> we, if we can't beat them, join them, right? Um, maybe we do. I mean, I've always had a problem with the voter registration process and purging process once people fall off the rolls. Um, that's not very efficient in any of the parishes, it seems. So I don't want to sit here and beat a dead horse because we could talk about this for, I'm sure, you know, many, many nights straight. But uh, it was a good, good conversation. Yeah, I think it was too. Hey, I want to switch gears and jump over and share my screen. And while I know you're uh -oh. up to speed on world happenings, but... If you remember, it wasn't too many years ago that we were highlighting somebody on our show with horns and fur. Yes. As a matter of fact, you know, I was amazed that he was able to get where he was. Yeah, they're just, <laughs> How? oh, he's being violent. He's trying to overthrow the government. Now we'll How probably we we'll probably get kicked off of Facebook again every time we share your screen and you're showing a video we get booted. Well, this was credit to Fox News and right. Tucker Carlson tonight, and but he showed the videos that that uh, what what do we call him Viking guy? Yeah. He was being escorted the, the and shaman. directed where to go by the Capitol Police. But look, we were talking about this pre-show. This is nothing new. I mean, we didn't have this ca the security camera this. footage, but we had cell phone footage and people rolling videos, and they were showing this live. I was sitting there. My wife and I were laughing our butts off 
that this guy was actually able to get, uh, and all of them, where, you know, they were milling around the Capitol building anyway, and that the cops were leading them. This is not news. What is news is that that security camera footage has been suppressed, and they have made this guy out to be the bad guy and the target, you know, and, and teaching everybody a lesson. I mean, look, look at this. Look at this. I'm sitting here looping it. Look at this. Yeah. Oh, here, here. Let me get the, let me get the elevator for you. Yeah. I know <laughs> you, you need to go right there. That's, that's where you got to go. Yeah. That's nothing new. If you were paying attention to the news live that day, you would have already seen some of this, just different angles of it. And you but, would have but, already known it. I, I mean, it got to see Ashley Babbitt get murdered live. That's right. And, or or and basically, did you, see, did you see the video where the 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 Capitol police officer that supposedly was murdered by all the January six people? Remember that yeah. was well, supposedly after he was murdered. They showed video where he's walking around still. He's doing his job later on, way after the supposed incident where he was murdered. Yeah. It, this is crazy. I mean, this is as big a deal or maybe bigger than the Twitter files release. Uh, so, you know, good job to Tucker Carlson on uh, getting a hold of this video. And look, I got to say, good job to uh, Kevin McCarthy on getting all this released. Yeah, I got to give credit. I mean, I was critical of uh, the the fact that McCarthy was going to be the, uh, the, you know, Speaker of the Speaker. House. Yeah. but credit to him for releasing everything and pushing this out there. I mean, he didn't have to do that, but he did it. Or was it because of the freedom caucus? And I, and I will give credit that, uh, John Fleming and we need to get him on the show. He's actually running for, uh, secretary of the treasury or the treasury department or whatever in Louisiana. And, mm -hmm. uh, he he was at the PEC last night and he was talking about how the Freedom Caucus and it was, you know, in Matt Getz and Bobert who were fighting on behalf of the Freedom Caucus that affected some of these changes that arguably, I would say, influenced all this video being released. And um, interesting stuff. You know, we encourage everybody to uh, check out Tucker Carlson's coverage on this on Fox News. And, yeah, you know, they post, a, they post a lot. I, I don't actually have live TV or live news, so I usually watch the replay clips that they post on YouTube. Well, I don't think Mike Johnson actually helped Matt Getz and them out on this front. Um, as you know, he was uh, sitting right up there on the front row with uh, the the Speaker of the House. Um, so I don't think he was standing with Matt Getz. Oh, so I, don't I, know I figured that he was trying to get in on some more selfies with Trump out there but anyway that's another whole other point no trump so last year he'll be with pence watch yeah. take it to the All right. uh speaking of the pack do we want to just skip over the city council for the moment and go straight to what happened at the pack yeah, I think so. You know, I think if the city council and, and all that water business, I mean, we got a little bit of time. They're not going to uh, vote on it until maybe, uh, what, week and a half? You know, about yeah, I two think weeks we got about a week and a half, so we can we can cover some more of that. Briefly at the city council meeting today, they voted, um, you know, at the first reading or whatever to go ahead and approve the cooperative endeavor agreement with the uh, Caddo-Bosier Port Commission and all that. They will 
have more commentary and hear it again at the next meeting, which will be in two weeks. And between now and then, we're going to have extensive coverage on the water issue. But let's move to the PEC meeting. So, Hey, Mark Smith said state treasurer. He got it right. Oh, okay. Thank you, Mark. Uh, yeah. All right. Uh, so, of course, you're a member of full disclosure. Of course, you know, pretty much everybody that follows us knows you're a uh, uh member of the pack right now. So set this up. I mean, what, what happened? What went on? I don't, I don't know how best to set this up now. You know, if, if you guys watch our show, you recall, um, in January we, we, and, and boy, I, did, I don't even know how to set this up and how to go there. So a lot of you may be wondering, and, and some of you may even say, who the heck cares about the pack? What is right. the pack? You know, the, well, yeah. What is the pack? We the keep saying PEC. Right. Yeah, the Republican Parish Executive Committee. The Democrats have their Democrat Parish Executive Committee, but where are we at? Why are we here? Well, here, here's where we're at. So the Republican Parish Executive Committee and the Democrat Parish Executive Committee, they are the governing body of those parties, which are the majority parties. No offense to independents or libertarians. You know, look, love y'all too. but you know, they're the governing bodies. They kind of uh, are supposed to oversee all things Republican within the mm -hmm. parish, right? Right. So in January, I think it was January the 16th was when we had that PEC meeting. Mm -hmm. And yours truly, I mean, look, I do this show. I say what I think. We, we do our show to try to look into things and put things out there. I mean, our catchphrase is keeping an eye out for you. Right. I mean, it's, in addition to that doesn't mean that we're not political activists. We, we have our beliefs. I mean, we try to, I hate to say, uh, not mix it, but it's almost impossible to mix it. I mean, we right, believe what we believe and, and we don't make no, you know, excuse well, for that. anyway. Yeah. And ahead. we've never claimed to be unbiased on this show. As a matter of fact, we've always promoted the fact that we're very biased. We're always open to other viewpoints and we're open to having, you know, people with opposing viewpoints on the show or in the comments. Um, but we're definitely not unbiased. We're very biased, amateur, uh, amateur journalists, if you want to call us that. But anyway, we're, we're more pundits than anything. And look, e even if I disagree with somebody, I I'll say this, and there's, there's people who I strongly disagree with. Um, if they were to come on our show, I, I would treat them with respect. And I would let them have their say. And I'm not mm -hmm. going to say that I'm not going to challenge them on their positions. I'm going to do that. We don't progress as a society and a people unless we challenge each other. We don't do it. Rex, you and I challenge each other. I've seen right. you have challenges with mutual friends and people who are your friends. But it, it, it's how we progress. But right. in January, I made the motion for, you know, us to pursue term limits for the police jury as well as uh, the Boulder City Council and the mayor's office. They were promises that were made by politicians who campaigned, and it it you know we're so many years into city government and n none of those promises have been followed through with. Um, maybe because they couldn't get it done. Maybe because you didn't have councilmen who were in favor of it, um, you know, 
And I, and I say that to say, look, when, when we had, and Rex, you were there, when we had the the public announcement that we were doing the term limits thing, uh, the first person standing in line was Councilman Chris Smith. Yes, and he, he requested to be the first signature. He was standing right there. The second was Brian Hammonds because he requested. Mm-hmm. Right. And we were remiss in that we, you know, there's just been a lot happened, but we didn't give credit Tommy Chandler. Tommy yes. Chandler was the third person to sign up for the term limits. Yeah, and it gives us some common ground with Tommy after, you know, the fiasco or fiascos that he's had that we've called him out on. But, hey, he was there, and you're right. He was there and, and signed the deal for the term limits. And he, he, as a matter of fact, we've got pictures that and video that will be released in a couple of days on that too. So, Well, well and, and, and he, he – I mean, look, he said, I'll give you an example. He said, he said to me, you know, he said, look, he said, how can I get this done if I don't have enough votes on the council? He's like, I would have already done it if I'd had the votes on the council. And to his credit, he's right. Mm -hmm. He, he, but you know what? the, The only, he's right in what he said. He's absolutely right because the votes are not there. You well, know, techn- technically he's right, but I always say stand on your principle. It doesn't matter if you have the votes or not. And this not, is not just for Tommy. This is for Chris Smith, Brian Hammonds, any other politician. It doesn't matter. Uh, stand your ground. A- absolutely. Absolutely. He he should have put it on. He should have saw to it that it was put on there and forced them to vote against it and, and not do it. But so with that said, I mean, Tommy, to his credit, he stepped to the plate and he, he deserves credit for doing it. And and I think uh, I don't know that we mentioned it, but also State Senator Robert Mills. Yes. He didn't hesitate. He was he didn't there. hesitate at all. Yes, he was. He showed up and and he advocated that he has been a long term supporter of term limits, you know, basically across the board. And uh well, and we also had, who was the uh, police juror, the Bossier Parish police juror? Uh, forgive me for forgetting his name. Was it Charles Smith? Is that his name? No, Charles Gray. Charles Gray. Sorry about that, Mr. Gray. Uh, Charles Gray was there and also signed the term limits uh, pledge and paperwork. Yeah, anyway. and, and as well, there has been, since that time, numerous politicians, elected officials, who have signed the petitions now, we haven't uh, compiled all of the other politicians that have signed. There's been quite a few that have come by my office, Rex, and have have signed up. We've had some that have done it online, and we haven't put all of those together yet, but we're going to. And if you are an elected official and you believe and agree in term limits, I would encourage you to go ahead and sign up because we're going to release that list and you're either in or you're out. And that's fine if you're out. That's yeah. fine. You're but, either for it or against it, but call you, pick your side. Yeah. It's a simple and thing. Don't, if you're for it, don't uh, don't wait too long um, because I, I, and the reason I say that is I can tell you firsthand, you know, this past Saturday, me, Kara, and my son, we got over a hundred something signatures just by ourselves. And I can tell you out of almost every door we walk to, and it doesn't matter party affiliation, Republican, Democrat, independent, libertarian, it doesn't matter 
overwhelmingly people support term limits. They, they all want to see it. National polls reflect the same thing, you know, in the 80 to 90 percentile of the public support term limits. Don't be that politician that's going to get caught not supporting it. So with that said, back to the January 16th PEC meeting, made the motion, and there was a lot of dialogue that was had. In fact, I went back, and the reason I went back, Rex, is because we debated it at the PEC meeting for over an hour. One hour, we debated the wow. issue. And primarily what, what the debate was, was Doug Rimmer, police juryman Doug Rimmer, he was fighting to get the police jury removed. And, hmm. it, and it's all on tape. I'm not making this up. We can play We could play the video right now for you. He was arguing. In fact, he made a motion to have the police jury removed. He believed we needed to have term limits for the city but he didn't believe we needed term limits for the police jury. Okay. Danny Perdue. Danny Perdue, he didn't want he didn't want to have any vote on it whatsoever. He didn't want to touch the issue. He said and advocated said I support term limits, but I just I I, I don't we just we need to we don't need to vote on this. We need to postpone it. He he made a motion to table it and and that's his right to do. He's an elected Republican Parish Executive Committee made a motion to table it. And guess what? Both of their motions to amend, to exclude the police jury from term limits failed, as well as Danny Perdue's motion to table, it failed as well too. Y'all's Republican representatives by a super majority voted to not table it and postpone it and to not exclude the police jury. Well, and hence, or hence the uh, press release from the Bozier Parish Republican Party, the RPEC as we as it's known, um, issued their press release that they supported the creation of a committee, or, or correct me where I'm wrong, Duke, uh, supporting term limits. Is that a fair statement? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, in in Rimmer. You've got Rimmer, who's he? He's making motions on himself. He's making a motion to exclude the police jury, which is to exempt himself. And even in that Remember meeting, the police I, jury. Yeah. I made a point of order, you know, about whether or not it's proper for him to be making a motion on something that pertains to him in, in that. But yeah, you know, he should have just voted present or whatever. And the majority of the PEC felt like it was okay for him to weigh in there. So I, I didn't push the issue. And uh, anyway, and Rimmer, certainly he made the motion to table. I mean, he seconded uh, Danny's motion to table at that meeting. And of course it failed. So fast forward to last night and I got to get that up. I don't even have it up yet. Yeah, I've got it set where you should be able to go to the times and then it'll play through mine. So we'll see how that works this this evening. Yeah, so there wasn't a whole lot on the agenda. We primarily had Brandon Trosclair who showed and, and introduced himself to the Bozier Peck and gave his uh, campaign speech. And you had uh, John Fleming who, who uh, was announcing, you know, Secretary of Treasurer, you know, his campaign for that office. 
And there were only a couple of other items on the agenda. And the first item on the agenda was Danny Perdue, who was uh, wanted to talk about term limits again. And I'm going to go ahead and jump to Danny Perdue's comments right now. So you ready? Hit it. Well, I just wanted, we didn't get much to and uh, I just thought it'd be a good idea to talk about term limits in general. I'm, I'm generally, I agree to term limits. I think, I think it's a good thing, but you know, I don't believe term limits are good for every single thing. But one thing I think term limits are good for, I know we as a PEC, we're calling for this and we excluded ourselves. And I would just like for us to vote on whether we agree that the facts should be subject to the same term limits. Let me just bring it to a vote. But I, to me, I don't know what anybody else thinks on that, but if we're asking all the other elected officials on, on these other public bodies to have term limits, why are we excluding ourselves? Okay. So, no. uh, well, that's a fair that point. Reasonable. Fair point right? in Danny's defense, and I'm not much on Danny Purdue, but fair point. That that sounds reasonable. If we're asking all these other elected officials to impose term limits on themselves, then why shouldn't we in why shouldn't we do it to ourselves, right? Right. So what what's the answer to that? What do y'all think? I mean, this is the peck. I mean, we we raise taxes on you, we affect legislation on you. Oh, wait a minute. No, we don't do any of that, do we? Oh, that's right. Um, we're not a part of a government agency and we're not paid uh, to do that, to, to do the job. Um, hmm. Well, that seems odd. That's, that's different. But I, I want to point out, so I'm going to play devil's advocate and a little bit of a contrarian here. I will point out that PEC members are on the ballot for Republicans to vote on and PEC members do receive money or, or not PEC members. Let me rephrase that. The Parish executive committees, both the Democrat and Republican committees, do receive monies from the um, clerk of court's office based on the filing fees. There's a split with the clerk of court's office of the filing fees of the candidates. That's how the PEC generates most of its uh, money, other than, you know, if people happen to donate. And Rex, riddle me this. What can be done with those monies? Uh, well, pretty much anything reasonable. Oh, come on now. You know that's not a good answer. You, you, oh, so can we just have a big party between all of us? Can we just, you know, throw a big shim dig down at the horseshoe? I mean. What? No, generally it needs to be spent on campaigns and campaign related issues and things like that. Um, it can be spent on the general business of the peck, you know, oh, if you, you, if you need paper, like, pens, if websites, domains, things like you that. Mean, you mean like defeating the highest tax increase in the history of Bossier Parish? Is that kind well, of what you, you think that means? Well, but let's be clear, the PEC didn't directly spend the money to do that. The PEC donated money to the PAC, and there well, is a difference. Difference in two right. vowels there, or difference in that's, a couple of vowels there. That's right, but the, the Republican Parish Executive Committee can utilize those funds 
you know, for campaigns and for ballot initiatives, right? To to promote or fight or be, yeah. And, and look, I'll say this too, because we had this discussion when I was on the PEC. You know, Caddo operates their PEC basically as a PAC. R- right. So, so you you heard Danny say, if we're asking all these elected officials, all these elected officials, shouldn't we? It sounds reasonable, right? Mm-hmm. So I I posed a question to Danny, and here we go. I have a question. Okay. If you feel so strongly about the PEC, you know, having term limits, why are you just now bringing that forward? Well, we talked about it last time. We didn't have much discussion. We had to vote immediately. Remember last month when you brought your paper and you read it and said, we need to vote right now. Right. I'm just saying. But Fortunately, that's not the way it actually happened. We, we talked about it, but we didn't really talk about it. Oh, okay. Right. I, I can play the video right now. We debated it for an hour. Rimmer made motions. Danny made motions. There was extensive debate on it. It, it yeah. wasn't that we didn't talk about it. We talked about it and we talked about it a lot. But again, my question here is if he feels so strongly for term limits and about the PEC, and I want to point out as well, he's yet to sign up for term limits for the police jury of the city. Yeah, I noticed, well, I'm kind of giving away a little bit of the audio, but he kind of waffled on that little position there. But you're right, Danny, you haven't signed up yet. And Danny, we do have the video slash audio. It's, It's technically audio that we've got to listen to anyway uh we do have that from the last meeting and so your selective memory was not exactly correct so let let's keep going here hang on but you felt like the PEC should have had term limits or the state central should have before now why did you not bring the issue before then because if you feel so strongly issue, about it you didn't arise itself and we're asking other people to vote for term limits for these other groups of people so we are we brought it up. We believe all these other people ought to have terms. So you said that we didn't discuss it at the last meeting, but we did. And then that meeting, I explained that there has actually been litigation and it has been identified and held in court that the Republican Party, as well as the PEC, you know, is a, a private. The point is the PEC is a private organization. It's not an elected official that can tax you or legislate you. And, but on the surface, you know, he, he's making a valid point. The PEC is an elected. And if you're requesting all these elected officials, I mean, he, he's only worried about the PEC. He's not worried about the people that tax you. And he's not worried about the people who make the laws that restrict your rights. He's only worried about the people who try to keep those people in check. That's on that's that Danny Purdue's only worried about limiting those people. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, it's kind of an odd position. It, it it's very odd. <clears throat> so I'm trying to fast forward in the uh, notes here. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, so let's see. So Danny said that you didn't have much discussion and all that. Um, let's see. Uh, you want to go up to that point and uh, let's see where you're at right now. At the, uh, what are we at? The one Oh two mark. Te- little technical difficulty. Just a second. Well, we can, we can jump to 
the 105 mark. Here we okay. go. The method we use. We don't vote on taxation and we don't make legislation. That's right. That's we, right. we are public servants elected by the Republican Party. And if you went ahead and did this as well, I mean, until this PEC, we had countless empty seats on this. Right. A lot of the reason that there hasn't, you know, been empty seats is because of people's ability to serve more than one term. You know, I can think of countless people who have passed that served and served well in the past, and you're advocating to get rid of those type people when there's nobody else to fill the seats. I'm not trying to get rid of anybody, just like the same. Well, I, th just, I think you are, because I think this same. is I think this is seated in a personal thing. Because have you have you signed up for the uh, term limits for the city and the police sir? I have not seen a sheet. For Are you opposed uh, to this? Right oh, I'm, 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 I'm there, I'm for term limits. I wasn't for. Is it contingent on whether we? I didn't like the way the we. Time, did. The time I didn't like the way we did it, where we didn't get a chance to discuss it. Yes, I was going to say. So, of course, Miss Ann has the sign-up sheets right there. Did he actually sign them at the meeting? Uh, no, he did. He didn't oh, sign them. And, I wonder why. I mean, he's got the opportunity right then and there. And and he won't sign. He won't agree to term limits unless it's contingent on whether or not the PEC implements term limits. And here's the rub, Rex. You know, didn't we have empty seats on the PEC that we couldn't fill, and people didn't volunteer to fill those seats while you were there? Yeah. And historically, absolutely. the point I was making, I was talking about people that had served on the PEC before for countless years because a lot of people don't want to deal with politics. They don't want to get in it. They don't want to do it. But what Danny Perdue is advocating for is to affect term limits on a non-governmental non body that doesn't tax you and doesn't legislate upon you to limit those. And effectively, it would kill the PEC. And I would argue it, it would end it because a lot of the people over the years, if if his term limits had been in place on this committee, the Republican Parish Executive Committee would have ended some years ago. It would have disbanded because there would have been nobody able to serve. The, the, well, the only look, people that were serving were people who had been there for years. And in a lot of parishes, I forget the numbers, but in a lot of well, parishes, gonna, there, there are no PEC members on the PECs, Democrat or Republican. A, a majority of the PECs across the state of Louisiana uh, don't have people in the seats. Uh, yeah, and and it, I would it, point out that the PECs are enabled by statute. Right, they, they are. Uh, I mean, but they are a private organization and courts have held that they can make their own rules. And so therefore, can the PEC implement term limits on themselves i was and, wrong and, i was not, wrong because i didn't think that they could but we got we got clearance on that during this meeting that in fact they could but that's not where this ends right and, and to be clear in case robert wright is watching or watches this later um he did mention the court cases i would like to know those court cases yeah, and and I want to play the audio again, but I kept hearing a lot of echo, and, and I don't. Maybe it was just on my end. I don't know, but um, I think it's just on your end. But I'll monitor it on my phone to see what the audience is hearing while you're. I got you. So I'm going to start off. Robert Wright. He he made you know he made a good point. Danny said you know I'm for term limits, and I said you know well you you're gonna uh, 
only if the pet gets it right. So th this dialogue kept me, and it gets really interesting because we end up dragging the sheriff, we end up dragging the judges, and it gets pretty good. So let's go with Robert Wright. That, that's just a matter of parliamentary procedure. I mean, if you didn't want to vote, you could vote mo to table it. It's all kind of things you could have come about. It's never a forced vote. It, well, the only time it is that there's a well, majority he, that goes he did, if memory serves me correctly, oh, okay. I mean, I he made that. a motion to amend. His motion failed. Right. And okay. then he also as well had his opportunity. He voted against it. Okay. Yeah, I did. Well, but yeah, it, and, and, it adds credits yeah, to and us it if we're recommending it for everybody else. Are we recommending it for everybody else? Well, I don't, I don't think I are you Are you saying that we should apply it to the judges? To what? Are you saying that we should apply it to the judges? I hadn't got that. Well, we're if no. we're going to apply it to everybody, what about the, the sheriff? Are y'all saying that I'm we not, need to apply it to the judge, for, sheriff? I'm not for individuals, people who lead groups of people. Like, wait a minute, did you hear that? Yeah. Whoop, wait a minute. Danny, Put on the brakes. Dan, whoa, Danny's not in favor of you know people who lead individual groups of people. I mean, only the peck. He is only concerned about the peck. The, one of the only entities that has no controlling interest over all of y'all. That's his line in the sand is he's not worried about term limits for nobody else except for the Republican Parish Executive Committee that doesn't do anything hardly to affect you. <laughs> yeah, and that brings up the mysterious Mark Smith's comment. He says, you just argued against term limits in the meeting, referring to your argument, but that's what you're clarifying right there is that the PEC doesn't have any legislative authority to really do anything. Um, it's just a body that, you know, can do press releases and endorse candidates and is the public face of the Republican Party in Bossier Parish. Yeah. So, you know, he, he first said, you know, if we are going to advocate for term limits for everybody in which we were not, you know, we hadn't. I mean, I guess he was trying to say that we should, but then when he was pressed, okay, let's let's go ahead and advocate for term limits for everybody. Oh no, hold up. He didn't want to go there. Didn't want to do that, and and, and made started making countless arguments for not wanting to put term limits forward on everybody. So, which is it, Danny Purdue? Is it that you support term limits or you don't support term limits? How is it that you're going to pick just a Republican parish executive committee that doesn't legislate or tax anybody? You know, that's your line in the sand. Explain that one to me. And if you don't have it there, you can't support it for the police jury and for Bowdoin City. I mean, well, uh, now, you know, I'm not much on Danny either, but... He did make the argument, or correct me if I'm wrong, I think I heard this in there. He did make the argument that the clerk of court and the tax assessor should not have term limits. Well, they're elected. I mean, why? It, what, what's the differentiation, Danny? They're elected as well, too. Y'all said, you know, the PEC's elected. Why would you exclude them? Because you certainly, he, he said it. Right. I, I'm not. Do I need to play it again? Let me play it again. For individuals, people who lead groups of people, like uh, the clerk of court, tax assessor, those kind of people. Why not them as well? Well, I've worked in the federal and state government. You don't want- Oh, he's a bureaucrat. That much change in those offices. Same thing here. I mean, 
you don't want that because those people lead a group of people. And I know the times we've had some turmoil when we had, the, like say, the boss retires and the new guy comes in. It's it's a lot of uh, kind of like the way the pack did this yeah. this not time. Really, but see, we're we're not over anybody. Well, actually, this is the first effective thing that this body has done since we've been a body and the first opportunity without trying to get uh, the legislative auditor's office on past PEC members by certain members of this committee. This is the first effective thing that we've done, and you're opposing it. Well, the only reason I, I tried to get legislative auditor to look into this is because it was wrong. What was done with the money before was wrong. I'm not the... Oh. Do you remember what he's talking about, Rex? Gosh, let me think back. Oh, let's see, of the PAC donating money to the PAC. Gosh, was that really wrong, or were we following the recorded guidance from the Legislative Auditor's Office? Well, he ignored that, but you know, oh, the problem period... Literally had the recording of them giving us, and I'm simplifying a little bit, but giving us the instructions and approval, thank goodness we had that. But his holier-than-thou uh, self thought it was wrong, and he, you heard him, he tried to get them to weigh into it and investigate it and tried to get people, you know, go after the old peck. That was him I trying think to he was. I think he was thought just... it was wrong. I think he was just butthurt because they let the Chinese take over the website and the domain. I think, I think that was the case too. But here's the thing, him and Rimmer, you know, licking their chops. Rimmer even had other police jury members show up at the peck meeting to try to gloat when they made the takedown. <laughs> How's that working out for you, Doug? Yeah. So. <sighs> Let me, let me, let me, I, let me play my retort. They have been wrong, but yeah. when the legislative auditor's office was on recording telling what to do, and that is what we did, that should have been good enough, but it wasn't. In fact, people were labeled as cockroaches and I a lot of other derogatory things. I never called anybody and, a cockroach. You know, but I here we are. Make it personal. Don't here we it. are resetting, and we're moving for a positive thing for right. the city of Bossier and, and for the parish and you're putting a caveat on it that I won't be for it unless the PEC is included in it well okay I'm I respect that yeah but why are we not talking about judges why are we not talking about the sheriffs because it's not a good idea well I don't know that I all right hold on first thing I gotta say is I can't stand it when anybody says oh don't make it personal Danny you personally did it. How can we not make it personal? And even it, if you did it on behalf of the rest of the peck, you still personally did it. So it's not personal. It's stating a fact. It's not personal, but he supports term limits only for the peck. He'll go along with them for elected officials that can tax you and put laws on you, but he won't support He's, it unless you get them for the peck. And oh, by the way, I'm against it for the sheriff. I'm against it for judges. Who literally for, collects all the taxes. I'm against it for any and everybody else. <laughs> yeah. Uh, newsflash, for those of you that don't know, the tax assessor just assesses the taxes. Uh, Bobby has made that abundantly clear to me 
He doesn't collect the taxes. The sheriff does. And nothing against a good sheriff, but notice he said he didn't think that would be a good idea. That's an interesting little quip that he had there. So, so he's advocating for everybody in government, you know, and if you're just, I mean, it, whether you run or not for, for, he's only concerned with the PEC having term limits. That's, that's the danger here. He only wants the PEC to have term limits. And, and for the most part, everybody else in government, he, he doesn't support it unless the PEC has term limits. Well, that's well, typical don't... bureaucrat talk. I wonder, what did Danny Bure- do? Wait a minute. Bureaucrats? Yeah. You know he, what? He mentioned that he had worked for the, did he say the federal and the state or something before? What did he do? Um, I don't know. Well, okay. well, John Burns, John Burns doesn't say a lot, but John Burns had all he could take, and John Burns about lost it. So let me play John, okay? Okay. I don't know that I, Danny, I don't know that I agree with that because I just heard uh, uh, Mr. Fleming just talk about the deep state we got in the federal government. And and we got a deep state, it all goes all the way to the bottom, and it comes all the way down to here. Mm-hmm. And that deep state is because we don't have term limits in a lot of places we need term limits mm-hmm. and and so and then we don't have the authority just like they don't uh, uh i was just trying to look up how many republican administrations have we had and then they say almost everybody on the federal government level up there is a democrat well why is that that's because they can't get rid of them is it because they can't get rid of them and so i find this you know huh they're civil service and there's and they're civil service and and we can't fire him i mean just look at dr fauci right now you think there's gonna be any penalty for what he's done he's ruined he's killed millions of people in this country in the last three years and there's gonna be nothing done except pay him a huge salary for the rest of his friggin life right i got a real problem with that and 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 it's because we got this deep state that we can't get out of and it's getting deeper right here it's getting deeper right here in well, in Dr. in, in Perry. Dr. Fauci's not elected, I don't think. He's not, but he's a federal government, but you can't fire him. You see, he can't get fired. That's the problem. Question. I, I was going to say, I mean, we actually have... <laughs> I, I mean, Danny doesn't want to take on any bureaucrats. He's worried about the PEC. He don't want to take action against people who effectively enable people to be the deep state he don't want to do that he wants to go after us on the peck which is ironic rex so he comes into the peck and one of the first things that he seeks to do is to get rid of all the old peck members then he seeks to drag the legislative auditor out to go after us for fighting tax increases the highest tax 40 percent tax yeah yeah the highest tax increases in the history of bozier and arguably a head fake to all the teachers that weren't going to technically get a raise, you know, I mean, does that sound like a Republican to you or does it sound like a rhino or a fake Republican? And now he's fighting term limits for everybody uh, against term limits for everybody, but the peck. Yeah. This almost sounds like Doug Rimmer should be saying all this, but well, it's Danny Perdue. Now, now look, Danny carries himself, and and I, I you know I've heard this before, and I, I got to tell you I've I've had it. And Danny's made this personal. He said it's not personal. Well, that's bullcrap. He's made it personal 
because if he wasn't personal, he would have not had a problem advocating for term limits for the district attorney, for the sheriff, for every one of the elected officials. His argument against the PEC is the weakest argument there is. Hmm. And it's almost like he's one of the good old boys, but outside the circle. Well, the truth of the matter, what he's advocating for is to destroy the PEC. What he's advocating for is to do away with the Republican Party because by putting term limits on the PEC, you you arguably will in, in, invariably make the PEC not have seats filled because people don't step up and run for those offices. And the only reason that people ran this last time was to, there's two, two types of people, one to put a feather in their cap, uh, two to get rid of the the old peck and that was organized by another group of people now there are some group there's some folks that were in this group that were good people and they had the right intentions there are but there was a group of them that was organized with the sole intent of trying to disrupt and destroy the peck because it was an effective body that arguably was getting things done and and it had a role in defeating that tax increase danny is trying to bring it full circle and destroy the Republican Party of Bossier Parish. That's what this is about. He knows the end result. And I would like to say to Mysterious Mark Smith, we have clearly stated what the difference is ad nauseum in this show. So you'll just have to hit that little rewind button later and you can go back and listen to it. We're not going to keep rehashing it three or four times. All right. No, Mark, Mark Smith. Okay. You want a piece of it? Explain to me, Mark Smith, how the Bossier City Council can have a vote by the council to do away with the roundabout at Shed Road, do away with the roundabout at Shed Road so that they don't have to close down Shed Road. But then all of a sudden they change the plans to keep the roundabout, close down Shed Road, issue a notice to proceed to the construction company when they didn't have the permits from the railroad, but when the Manchac told the council that they were good to go and told the mayor, and yet, oh, guess what? We didn't, and cost the city the oldest the oldest road in Bossier City being shut down. Explain that to me, Mark. I mean, if if you don't think that the the Bossier City Council is deserving of having term limits or that there was not a problem there, I, I want to understand that. Because well, clearly the notice to proceed was issued without all the appropriate permits. And I would say Mark Smith uh, says, for those listening to the podcast version, and you're advocating to get rid of the current jury and council. Ding, 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 ding. We have a winner. And, and Mark Smith, so let, let me not just pick on the Bossier City Council and the mayor of Bossier City. Let me jump off on the jury as well, too. What about uh, Butch Ford? not even being a resident of Bossier Parish, not even being a registered voter and being appointed to the parish administrator. And by law, he's supposed to be those things. But that's okay. okay. They can just, igno- they can ignore it and retroactively fix it. Uh, and, and what about the Cypress District, Mark Smith? I know you are acquainted with the Cypress District. How about letting Robert Berry do a office hold? Oh, I remember Patrick Jackson. Let's, we're going to file a suit so we can see if the attorney general who doesn't have a dog in the quote, who doesn't know my quote, who doesn't have a dog in this hunt or know anybody of the players up here in this game, 
is we're going to follow suit so we can see if he's correct or incorrect in his judgment on whether or not Robert Berry is dual office holding, you know, when the police jury appointed him to the board out there and he's the director out there. Oh, I, I'm sorry. And, and what about the video we showed of Robert Berry using park equipment on his private property? Where does that fit in here, Mark Smith? No, you still say, you know, we don't need term limits. I mean, because all this is happening under the watchful eye of these seasoned veterans in our elected office. But you know what, Danny Perdue's right. The biggest menace to the public in Bossier is the Bossier Parish Republican Executive Committee. And, and, and oh, by the way, those evil, sorry, no good cockroaches that fought the largest tax increase on the citizens of Bossier Parish, they need to be gone. Right, Mark Smith? Is that who you're talking about? That's a nice Ooh. soapbox. That's a nice soapbox you have tonight, Duke. You built that one really well. And, and while I'm at it, while I'm at it, I'm going to go on and go here. Danny Purdue, you know, I, I've liked Danny. I really have. But it, the hypocrisy kills me here. You know, Danny, I'm told. Here's what I'm told. And I ain't said this, and I wasn't going to, but I, I'm I'm so mad I'm going to now. I'm going to put it out there. <clears throat> so Danny Purdue, I want to know. Sources tell us that you were the guy that was rifling through all of the old data at First Baptist Bossier to find the blackface photos of Robbie Gaddy. Is that true? I want to know, Danny Purdue. Were you the 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 church going upstanding guy? that that's what is alleged that happened was that you were rifling through all the page and you're the one that that dug up all the blackface photos and started the whisper campaign on robbie gaddy and i ain't carrying the gaddy's water i certainly have my differences with ryan gaddy and robbie gaddy and the whole lot a whole lot of them i do they all ask me for their endorsement afterwards even even uh uh cruise and i didn't give it to any of them but the fact of the matter is it's alleged you're the guy that did it Come forward, Danny, and say, are you the man that was doing that, the dirty stuff? To let everybody know. It's also said that you were the guy that was a part of all the, you were you were kind of pushing everybody on the lawsuits and the whole blow up with First Church. I, I think there's problems on both sides, but are you the guy? Did you have your hand in all that? Let, let's hear it, Danny. Where are you at? I mean, you, so, you're the holier than thou, and by gosh, the peck is the menace to Bozier, and you won't support term limits for people who are doing doing stuff, only if the peck, I, I mean, come on out of your closet. Let's talk about this stuff. Be, be careful when you're dropping the mic that you don't fall off your soapbox. I might drop some more things, but I think I'll stop right there. Yeah, yeah. I think that's enough for tonight. Danny, you got some explaining to do. Or, or, well, yeah. Okay. So, what? how did this end up at the PAC meeting? Did y'all vote to uh, have term limits on the PAC? I mean, I think he said his goal was just to see where everybody stands on it or something. What was the well, end no. result of all this? The end result was his, he ended up making a motion. And to be honest, I don't even remember the complete wording exactly how he, he motioned it. But effectively, it was explained to him 
that if you affected term limits on the PEC, you could, and, and in fact, we had the LA GOP chairwoman there. Don't take my word for it. And, and I can, we can play the video, Rex. I got it queued up right here. We can play it. Yeah. She, are, she articulated from across the state of Louisiana. You know what? Don't take my word for it. Let's, pl let's play. Yeah. When the case was being made about, you know, people not serving in the office for the Republican parish executive committees across the state of Louisiana and not filling seats. I wasn't just making that up. She happened to be here because she traveled with Brandon Trosclair up here. She happened to be here, posed the question to her. Well, she actually had the data or knew the data and she articulated the data regarding the PEC. So look, let me play it. You guys here, here we go. I'm playing it. Right now you only have 10 RPECs that are totally full as far as people wanting to run for this position. You have 23 people, 23 RPECs that are somewhat um, full and operating. You have 18 that have one to two members and an 18 member RPEC. And then you have 13 that are completely empty. So this is not a position as an RPEC member that people are actually running out to try to fill or, you know, there are sometimes lots of members who serve over a long period of time just because mm -hmm. of their, uh, you know, where they live and because of their dedication just as uh, an activist wanting to be involved in pol policy making or in the, you know, within the, the RPAC. So it's well, I think like that so, some of the positions that we already have, the people don't live in that district. Yeah. That, yeah. <laughs> and you know what he's talking about there? He's talking about juliana parks a police yeah. juryman you know mm. uh doug rimmer suspended the rules of the peck so that he could appoint juliana parks to a district that she doesn't even live in and she's perfectly fine with it she had no problem with it the same way she was appointed to that police jury seat up there in benton she's got no problem with it yeah, rah, of course rah, she doesn't. she's self-serving just like the rest of them so all in order uh, I want to address um, uh, Terry Norris's comment uh, to uh, AJ and Mandy Ford that uh, they me, need no, to let go. Let me say this before you finish. Let me say this. Doug Rimmer and Danny, they came to the PEC to try to destroy it. They came, and he's and that's his intent by this right here, is to try to shut it down. That's his right. intent. I, I would contend, I don't think he's a Republican, because if he was a Republican, he wouldn't be trying to work against people who were fighting tax increases. He wouldn't be trying to work against people who were trying to get term limits on people who tax you and put laws on you, just like the little lady out there that was raided for having three chickens in her backyard with freaking guns drawn. That's Danny is in favor of that crap. And he can argue with me and say he's not, but that's what you're in favor of, Danny. That's the crap you stand with. You don't stand with stand with limited government. You can say it all you want, you don't. Well, okay. So to address AJ and Mandy um, about going to the PEC meetings, I know, and Duke, you can correct me here too. I know when I was at the PEC that I advocated that they were supposed to be open meetings. There are some attorney general opinions on that very subject. Um, so I advocated, and we actually did have people that would sometimes attend those meetings. Is that the stance of the current executive committee? That the meetings are open? Or do you Say know? that again? Are they considered open meetings at the current PEC? Is anybody invited to attend? Absolutely. 
Absolutely. Okay. Anybody can stand that. There was, there was a more people that attended this meeting than I've seen in a long time. And I, I think it was primarily because of Brandon Trosclair, but there were a right. lot of visitors at this meeting. Great. Okay. Just wanted to make that clear to everybody. It would be a good idea to attend some of these PEC meetings, even if you're not a PEC member, just to see what goes on good or bad. Well, well, Mark, if, if it's MIFS information that we're dropping, please correct us. I mean, we, we make mistakes and we are wrong. We don't acknowledge that we are wrong, but we throw it out here on a live show, not behind an alias. I mean, yeah. I, I've asked councilmen, explain it to me. And the councilmen have not explained it to me. I've yeah, asked take former off the mask, Mark. I've asked former councilmen and they can't explain it to me. So, yeah. but you apparently have the answer. I want to know. How is it that they had not secured all the permits, but yet issue a notice to proceed? I, tell me, enlighten me. I, I really want to know the answer to that. Uh, AJ and Mandy Foy says time and place. You can follow their Facebook pages uh, or their Facebook page. Uh, I know Shane was pretty good about keeping up to date with that or whatever. I used to have a newsletter that we blasted out to email addresses and all that. I don't know if they're still doing that. So one way to do it would be to follow the Facebook page. We'll try to help announce it maybe a little bit on Bozier Watch or share their posts out or whatever. Okay. So, uh, all right. How did this end up? What was the resolution uh, to this term limits problem with the supposed Republicans? Well, well, it was it was clear that Danny's intent was personal and, and his motivation, because if it wasn't personal, he would have had no issue with including uh, the every other elected body. But he he was not interested in including or placing term limits or seeking term limits on anyone else other than the PEC. That was his only intent. So it was personal. And, you know, I, I truly believe his sole intent is to destroy the PEC. So with that said, uh, he made a motion. A motion was made to table his motion, and his motion was tabled. He can bring it up at the next meeting, and I'm pretty confident it'll get tabled again and again. But, you know, yeah, make, me you believe, make, make me believe it's not personal, and let's include all the other elected officials. Let's include them all, Danny, if, you, if you're sincere about term limits and it's not personal, bring them all into it and yeah. let's see how it goes. All right. So are the PEC meetings uh, at Shane's Seafood on Texas typically? Yeah, that's typically where they are. Um, the, before that, it, it was held in uh, Benton at, uh, uh, you know, Mike Collier's place up there where it had historically been. Um, yeah. Okay. Just making sure. Hey, Mark Smith, I mean, now that I can change my, my you know, uh, homestead exemption to just property that I own, I, I'm, I'm going to come down to Bozier to see you. <laughs> but I want to be the CAO. Rex has got to be the mayor. He already lives in Bozier, so he can run. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. I'm not running for any office. I already told you I that once. You, I can tell you this. If we were down there, Shed Road wouldn't have got closed down, and we wouldn't be paying for a $300,000 statue, Mark Smith. <laughs> That's hilarious. Okay. Uh, what else do we need to talk about here? 
I think that's all. We've done enough talking tonight. Mark Smithson got my blood pressure up. <laughs> Surely not. Okay, so to be clear, we're going to uh, kind of table, so to speak, the uh, city council meeting because they just voted to go ahead and um, uh, or voted yes, all of them did unanimously, for the Cooperative Endeavor, Endeavor Agreement with the Bossier Port Authority, Shreveport. Let me try that again. Cat getting late. Cato Bozier Port Commission. Anyway, um, so they'll have the second reading or whatever and vote on it again in two weeks. We will cover some more of the water workshop and the city council meeting ne on next week's show and spend a little bit of time on that. <laughs> Mark Smith says take another Xanax. Mark, look, I don't even know why. Why why do y'all even gotta have a cosigner on that loan for all that money from the port? Why do you got to do that? Why don't you just do it? You already got the legislation passed. Right. <laughs> wow. Okay. What else do we have to jaw jack about tonight? That's it. We're just going to say good night. I got to go. I got to get out of here. I've had enough. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, uh, just as a reminder uh, to everybody, um, we are, you know, like we said at the beginning of the show, uh, we post the podcast. I typically try to do them right after the show. It takes me about 15 to 30 minutes. They're usually available on all the podcast platforms. Most of them within an hour. Sometimes it takes them overnight. We can't really control that. But anyway, in case you want to listen to audio version only, as you well know, email to BozierWatch at ProtonMail. Make your own ProtonMail account. If you want to keep it completely anonymous, don't put any identifying information in there. Or you can email to BozierWatch at gmail.com. If you feel generous, you can go to BozierWatch.org or BozierWatch.com. Buy a coffee mug from us. I've still got the same old shirts up there. Or you can just simply donate us a little bit of coffee money. We appreciate all the help we can get. We, uh, we also appreciate... Pelican Training and Consulting, and then David Womax over there. And, of course, uh, Duke, you and Kara at Acadiana Mortgage, and then my little stuff with Smarter Geek and the Outdoor News because, you know, it's not free to do all this. All right. What is Mark, Mark Smith, Smith going? Check the, check new, the new director of library out. <clears throat> yeah. And, yes, Ashley, there are coffee mugs. Duke has one. Have you still got your coffee mug, Duke? I, I'm more interested in, in what's going on with the water out there on Highway 80. <laughs> yeah, exactly. See, there's the coffee mug, Ashley. You can order those online. All right. <laughs> okay. Have a good night, folks. Enjoyed yep. it. See y'all next week. See ya. <laughs>